Hey everyone, uh, this is Benno, I'm here with Joe and JP. Uh, before we start the the episode here, talking about WXW16 Carrot, uh, just wanted to let everybody know of a, a bit of news of the, the state of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be continuing on, the, there's nothing to worry about there, you're going to be able to hear us, if anything, more often going forward, uh, but it's not going to be on the Indie Corner. Um, JP, where are we headed? We're headed over to Grapple. That's uh, G-R-A-P-P-L. No E in there at all. And we're really excited to be going over and continuing the show uh, on there. It'd be known as the Grapple Spotlight. And we're looking to release every Monday. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, We're going to be continuing on over there with essentially the same show uh, that you're used to. Uh, Nothing should really change except you're going to hear us more often uh, we'll still be talking the best of british wrestling but as people have probably noticed with the the show these last few months uh, we'll also be talking uh, the other things that we've been watching from a, a worldwide wrestling perspective as, as well as all the uh, the references and the the normal dynamic that the, the three of us uh, bring together but uh, yet yeah, uh, joe it should be pretty exciting yeah, I think so. I think over the last couple of years, we've been on the Indie Corner. Um, as a podcast, we've sort of grown, I suppose, and the format's changed over time as well. And we've felt a bit more confident sort of leaving Britress in, in a way, haven't we? Doing some mm. stuff on G1, talking about kind of random stuff we've been watching from around the world, if anything. So I think, you know, we don't necessarily want to be tied to just British wrestling. And this is a great opportunity so that we can move away from that as well and cover some stuff outside of the uk if anything which is going to be really good fun i'm sure absolutely so yeah you can uh, you can now uh, follow us uh, on grapple uh, grapple have got uh, we've got an itunes feed so if you just search the word grapple no e on itunes you'll be able to find that or head to grapple.podbean.com uh, where you can find our new feed uh, for updates or just to keep an idea of where we are follow at grapple app on twitter follow me at benson richard e follow jp at jp 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 and we'll keep you informed but yeah Overall, we just wanted to say uh, thanks to Stu, thanks to the Indie Corner for for hosting us for two years, and yeah, thanks to everybody for listening. We hope you'll uh, you'll carry over with us and, and follow us, and we expect it to be pretty much business as usual. And before we uh, start the actual podcast, you're going to hear all about sixteen karat gold at WXW. Us guys were lucky enough to go over with uh, press tickets, thanks to being podcasts at the Indie Corner. So again, thank you for the opportunity that the Indie Corner has provided. And thank you for WXW for hosting us and allowing us to come along to your events. We had a great time, as you'll hear. Hear, hear. Enjoy the show, everyone. This is Spotlight on the IndieCorner.com. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. Hey guys, JP, you're not going to introduce yourself with your, your full title? Bert Reynolds of Brit Res, as heard on OTT Wrestling. Oh. That is when my voice was well and truly fucked. <laughs> and that was, is it halfway through day two it went? And I was an absolute, day three I was a state. That's lucky kids fault. This is you but being I'll the Bert Reynolds. Bert Reynolds. Who was Michael. it that deemed you the Bert Reynolds of Brit Res? This was during. Was it during the interview panels on one of the days? It was. It was during the the panel that that you two weren't at on the Sunday morning, and it was um, MT who you both remember. Um, 
who is uh, an Austrian journalist who covers wrestling. He's been up in the media now. We he's been with us for the last three, for the last carrot last year and tag league this year as well. So like really nice bloke. He came up with that because my voice was well and truly fucked <laughs> for about four hours sleep on a sofa. I could imagine you being Bert Reynolds, just Bert Reynolds in a flat cap. I think it could work. Oh, in boogie nights. I'll take <laughs> boogie nights and cannonball run, Bert Reynolds. Two great which films. Which I know he was doing that purely for the money at that stage, but I kind of admire that about him. Can I be your Dirk Diggler? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Although he never liked that film. He never liked Boogie Nights. He got nominated for an Oscar for yeah, he did. Yeah, there was loads of stuff. He didn't do any of the publicity for it because he thought he was. He didn't think it was very good. He's mad. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a great, great film. film. It's one of my favourites. <laughs> who's, who's the director of Boogie Nights? It's um, Paul Thomas Anderson. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. A, a mixed bag of a director. Yeah, there is that. Good early career. I think he's got too self-indulgent and given so much freedom later on. His early career, I felt like he was trying to be Scorsese. I think that's the difference. Uh, whereas now he's just very... I don't know. Yeah, His films are very grey for me and very serious. Uh, at least his last few films. Yeah, Phantom Fred was a bore fest, I've got to say. A film about a fashion designer being pretentious. It was just dull. I was disappointed mm. by The Master. Yeah, the master's really got that one. The master's got good performances. It's uh, yeah, um, what's and the, the good master? great moment where he's kind of interrogate where Seymour Hoffman's interrogating. Is, um, is it Seymour Hoffman's people. last film? I'm pretty sure it is, isn't it? It was no, around the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games was his oh, last is it? film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of like insert him into it. I think in the oh. fourth Hunger Games film, the one that got split into two. I'm sure, I'm sure that's his last film. I'm just looking at his list. I didn't like Inherent Vice. I wasn't really fun. that got a lot of like. Buzz around Oscar time, but I thought it was a mess. I agree with that. But his oldest, like Hard Ace, that's another one I really like. I'd forgotten that was by him as well. Yeah, um, Magnolia. I think Magnolia is a masterpiece. Punch Drunk Love is, I think, I think is one of the best rom coms ever seen yeah. as well. I don't think I've there seen that. Blood. Oh, mate, watch Punch Drunk Love. It's awesome. Oh, is that Adam Sandler? Is it? Yeah, it's his best film easily. Can't recall seeing it. I'll have to watch it. I like Adam Sandler in that period. I can live with it's this. It's current Netflix Adam Sandler that I can't abide by. I, I avoid it. I, I can't watch anything to do with him generally, it, apart from say Happy Gilmore. <laughs> uh, funny People was all right. Uh, funny bad people, but, him. He didn't, yeah. didn't know how to end it. But yeah. other than that, very long as great. well. Yeah, it was a good self-referential look at himself, though. Him and Seth Rogen. Yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's yeah. the spotlight of movies. It was about three hours long, and it probably could have been two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Sorry. laughs> yeah. Weird uh, tangents, like we've had about Paul Thomas Anderson for a good five minutes. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just glad to chat to you and feel a bit normal. I've been an absolute mess since we got back from Carras. I was back in work Tuesday morning, felt like death all week. Just couldn't kind of get in the rhythm of things. I forgot that it was dress down day and work on Friday. So it was that knobhead in work again who's dressed in a shirt and tie and everyone else is wearing the trainers. Felt like that kid. I've said, I think I've said this on the podcast before because I've done it before, but I felt like that kid. I think they were saying, when you're in school and you come in and you're, uh, you're in your school uniform and everyone else is dressed down and they're like, oh, just put your PE kit on. It'll be the same. It's not the same. <laughs> uh, not but the I've same been, at all. I've been an utter mess all week, so I don't know if that gives you a, an insight into kind of our mindset. I'm only just feeling like a like a normal human being this weekend. Oh, I've been ill <laughs> since we got mm. back. I've been I've not done anything this weekend. Carrot and... flu. Yeah, I, I've oh, heard of a few. I've, I felt awful during the day. There, I was considering cancelling on you both. To be honest with you, at one point, because I just felt oh, wow. utter shit. Um, yeah, it's a proper recovery process needed after a carrot weekend. That's for sure. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely serious. Yeah, this week has been has been really tough. Mm. And then on Friday, which is sort of my day off, it was like I had narcolepsy. I just kept <laughs> on passing out. I, at one point, I think I tried to pull my New Japan Cup, oh. and I just fell asleep within five the, minutes. The I don't um, think my brain could handle any more wrestling. I mean, the only thing I've watched from the New Japan Cup is Cabana and... Um... I, I, Yano? Yano, almost a grado then, yeah, Cabana and Yano, because that's all my brain could handle. Daft comedy, I could get into that. But as far as serious wrestling goes, yeah, that's gonna have to gonna have to wait till next week. I think it was fun though. Yeah, exactly, and it'll be more. We'll know exactly more where it's the direction it's going in towards um, what appears <laughs> to be an MSG show that's filling me slightly with dread at points. But again, <laughs> we'll save that for another show. Well, if the MSG show comes anywhere close to sixteen carat, they pulled off a miracle because this weekend was one of the best weekends of wrestling yeah. I think I've ever experienced. Definitely, we talked about it, didn't we? We did our our live po- podcast in Oberhausen, where we we kind of that was one of our subjects as carrot as a as a big weekender, as a destination mm. weekend. And yeah, if you know, we're all we're all saying we'll, we'll be died in the week after it, but it's fully worth it, isn't it? If anyone's listening and considering even tag league, which is maybe a notch below carrot, uh, but still up there as far as a big weekend. I mean, you were there, weren't we, last year, JP? Uh, you've got to do it. It's worth it. It's like, uh, I spoke to a few people who kind of their attitude as well. I can't do WrestleMania, so I've done carrot instead. And, you know, you're talking a couple of hundred quid. You're not talking the, the thousands it might cost you to go to a Mania weekend. If you if you budget right and you book an Airbnb like we did, ours was what? £60 each for the four days. Great. Yeah. And uh, Duisburg as well, which are the, not, not the best city. We didn't see a lot of it, but I'd recommend to people it's not hard. Not hard to get there from Oberhausen, but five minutes on the train each night, wasn't it? Uh, definitely doable on a budget if you uh, if you plan right. Yeah, that was one of the interesting things because we all, um, well, you flew back from Dusseldorf, but we all flew into Cologne. Mm, which made which it seems, a lot cheaper. Yeah, it seems to make it a lot cheaper for you. £10, mate. £10 was my flight out on the Thursday morning. Cost me a lot more insane. to get back to Dusseldorf. And to be honest with you, like we, what was what was it for us? 35 each or something along those lines? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. Was that return? So, yeah. Yeah, so and to Stansted Cologne, and to be honest, Cologne you can kind of lose yourself for a few hours quite happily. Yeah. Like if you wait, like Dortmund for example, the airport is sort of. It, it felt like there was nothing to do around Dortmund anyway as a place the day we were there, but we weren't there for that long. But Cologne seems to be sort of a bit nicer. Mm. Sort of have a have a good wander around and and have a pint and the rest of it. We had a nice meal there. We did, yeah. We went to a brew nice house. Yeah, we did, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, you're on the way back as well. Where did you go? Cracking Turkish meal. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Proper food. That's what you want. Yeah. It was uh, with the the meal I was there with you for was like yeah, it's like one of those traditional German beer houses, wasn't it? Where we had a, a nice Kolsch beer and a goulash. Uh, Turkish sounds good as well, though. But yeah, it's just. It's so reachable as well, isn't it? I don't. I think people just go straight to Dusseldorf because it is, you know, it's what ten minutes on the train to to Oberhausen. But Cologne again, it's only about forty minutes away, isn't it? and I, I would yeah. say a much prettier city, well worth it. And that's that's again one of the reasons why it's it's worth coming over, is in terms of access from the UK. Whether you're coming from Liverpool or you're coming from down south, like we are, it's easy. It's relatively easy to do, and if you book far enough in advance, you can get it on the mm. cheap. Especially if you're getting a good Airbnb sorted out near near the venue. I mean, real budget WrestleMania stuff. Oh, definitely. And if you get enough of you in the room, like there was five of us, wasn't there? Um, Kieran and your brother Sam Joe were with us, and yeah, 
I quite enjoy waking up every morning as I do on all of these weekends and I can hear Dave Meltzer's soothing tones coming from one of three or four different phones in different <laughs> rooms as people are getting ready. Uh, there's nothing quite like uh, yeah, sharing a, an Airbnb with, uh, with you guys for a weekend. Well, it just tells you we're a bunch of Dave Marks at the end of the day, doesn't it? It's like we're part of a Dave cult, isn't it? <laughs> Get the young bucks Dave tights, maybe. That'd be the next step. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we like I say, we uh, travelled in through Cologne, uh, dropped our bags off at our Airbnb, but if we're going to talk our weekend, it kind of started with Inner Circle, didn't it, on the Thursday night? Um, the most intimate show you can possibly get to. It's in the middle of nowhere in Essen. Um, it's kind of to the point where it's like, it, it is WXW's academy. If you want to go to the toilet, you've got to go through basically like the area where it looks like the wrestlers uh, wash and dry their clothes. Uh, it's quite the experience, but it's the, again, perfect. I know it's it's hard to get tickets and we're lucky enough, you know, with getting media passes that we can go to stuff like this, but the perfect way to kind of ease you into the weekend, isn't it? And it was, uh, it was your t- first time coming out to it as well, John. It was indeed, yeah. It was uh, different, that's for sure. Mm. Um, it was annoying that we were slightly late for it, weren't we? Uh, mm. Bit hectic getting there, and Essen. Well, it was the meal, wasn't it? We had that just yeah. took ages to come. There's My not meal, much around there, is there? We were kind of stuck with going for we went for a Turkish place, didn't we? Again, but there was it's not like you're you're spoiled for choice in Essen. I think we were lucky to even find anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to complain. My meal was great. <laughs> um, not not so sure you about. Won that one. Yeah, not yeah, so sure about did. what you guys had, but um, yeah, it was definitely different to any show that I've ever been to. It felt like watching a show in a garage, yeah. like a sort of oversized garage, if anything. Um, it's weird, though. I don't remember a lot of the show. <laughs> I think I was talking through most of the show because it was kind of like the first oh, time you got to see a few people. Yeah, um, It was harder to see the ring as well. So it just ended up sort of having a chat with people while there was this mm. wrestling going in the background. It was like being at like a... It reminded me of being at one of those, you know, you see like old footage from a boxing match in the East End in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. And you've got these gangsters sat around a smoky room in their suits and these people are boxing in the background. Like the boxing in Gangster Number 1 with Paul Bettany. It reminded me a little bit of that, but the wrestling version of it. Not that I'm comparing myself to an East End gangster, but, you know, JP comes closer than I do. <laughs> I had the hat for it. No, but it, yeah, it was definitely cool to actually get to see it live, mm. seeing a match like Mark Davis, Ilya Dragunov, which was mm. my Ilya match in that night setting. There. Like yeah. Ilya in and such it, a small setting is weird, isn't it? Considering like the way he works. Yeah, and seeing everything hit so hard that close mm. up as well, and mm. that sort of setting was yeah, d- very different. That's for mm. sure. I think yeah. one of the things I like about it as well is is the fact that the crowd, because they're t- they're close in and all four, um, all four sides of the ring. It's a lot of the action is kind of kept inside the ring. So if you're mm. more kind of wrestling purist, it, it hold it, it's definitely going to be a more mat based oh. style. Yeah, um, and that's and that's kind of how it should be. It should be different to what Karen's mm. going to be. It feels like perfect. an open ceremony to Karen, mm. if anything. Yeah. It's the perfect place to see Tim Thatcher. I'd say it's like the the absolute perfect place to see, like you say, mat wrestling. It's Tim's house anyway, because he's basically got, again, he's got that, it feels like where we were standing, that back bedroom, uh, it looks like to me, where, where he sleeps. He probably doesn't, it's probably in the room next door or something, but yeah, he literally lives there, and then when he wrestles there, it very much feels like his house, like that's what really works for it for me, like being that close into the action, I'm not always the biggest Tim Thatcher fan in the world, but you can kind of get a, a bigger appreciation for his style as well as a, a bigger appreciation for some of the, you know, the harder hits and bumps in the other matches, JP. 
Oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, and a lot of the matches themselves are. It's good because it's all it's all non-canon, but there are sometimes very small hints about what people are going to be doing over the weekend. Mm. Um, but it was an incredibly easy watch, and I mean, Joe mentioned about the Walter Ilya Dragunov match. I mean, I would say the the, the match for me was the main event, mm. um, which was a bit of a slow burn but what it re- there were some points in it where it just really built up and that mm-hmm. was um ring camp thatcher and walter versus uh shigahiro iria and y- yuki ishikawa um and it was like i say it was kind of leading up to the confrontation that thatcher and ishikawa were going to have anyway on the saturday mm-hmm. um but watching him in that particular space oh, watching yeah. thatcher there and there was some great exchanges i thought between iria and and volta as well mm-hmm. um that I've really enjoyed. Ishikawa looks like he has no business being in there. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he looks like one of the new, like like the old New Japan Rumble Rambo <laughs> on there. And you see this, and you go, ah, oh, this could go very badly wrong for him if they get he it. He looks wrong. quite frail, doesn't he? He does yeah. look frail, but he is the opposite of that. That sort of <laughs> saggy skin. He's only in his fifties as well. Like he doesn't look like it though. Yeah. Like, he looks like he, like I saw him one of the other nights. I was uh, wandering out, wandering to go to the McDonald's probably, and I passed him and Tim Thatcher in the car park, and he was looked like he was literally struggling just to get to a car that he was walking to, and someone else had to come along and and carry his bag. Um, I think it's yeah, just a, obviously a long wrestling career is going to do that for you. But as much as it's kind of in some ways obvious, it's not as obvious as it when he's when he's in the ring and when he's going and when he's engaged in some in some grappling he can still go carney and it's still again like you said jp it's mm. the, the perfect place for him to do that and it's in a lot of ways i think it was perfect because thatcher and walter were in there with him too where they were if they weren't so up for selling for him it might not have worked but they were like every 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 hold he grabbed every everything every bit of offense he got on him walter was screaming thatcher was rolling around like them too, to for me, really made it in this set and just made it like he was kind of screaming encouragement to each other as well, weren't they? From the apron when the both of them were were struggling uh, with Ishikawa's offense. Uh, I like that kind of element of the story as well as them, the two of them having uh, not having the match and ring camp gear anymore. Them coming out to uh, as it's become a, a tradition now. Uh, David Hasselhoff's freedom. Uh, is Tim Thatcher's kind of entrance music when you're in his house and you could tell that Walter hated it. I love that you can kind of pick out those little things about the match that kind of make it work because you're so close to, to seeing the action and seeing, you know, a legend go at it with two two fellas who are, who are well up for it in Walter and Thatcher. Yeah. But, I mean, are there any any other matches that, that, you, that kind of stood out for you guys from it? Again, it's not a... Not a show that kind of relies on, I suppose, you know, big memorable matches. Every match except for that main event kind of went, you know, less sub 10 minutes. I think the four-way went half of that. Uh, I like that. They kind of left the time for the main event. But yeah, did uh, did anything else stand out for you guys from the, the show itself? Um, I'm not really thinking of anything else that necessarily stood out person. I mean, I enjoyed Jay Skillet, David Starr for what it was as an opener because I always enjoy seeing David Starr. Um, but if you're going to be watching the match on the VOD, and I recommend you do, it's I think really we've pointed out the matches that are well worth watching. The four-way was fun. Mm. If I'm honest, I think my abiding memory from the evening will be sat in a bookies watching uh, <laughs> Chelsea Dynamo Kiev with you two guys and being looked at by the locals and the bookies if we were a bunch of English kind of like 
oddballs that had no idea what the kind of moral code of that bookies was where well they play like a board game in the middle of the bookies at one point it was very odd i think they were playing backgammon i don't know what backgammon is what's that oh it's just a a, a game is it an irish game no it's not oh, an irish game oh, okay i've no <laughs> idea what it is mate okay. um but yeah that was that that will stick in the memory it was a good experience going out to essen i'll say mm. that seems a little bit different that's for that, sure that's kind oh, of the... oh, sorry that's kind of what you stuck with, isn't it? But it's kind of like that. They're, they're kind of your options. Your biggest option is to, to go after the show. You've got to, usually, unless you make you know, the, the next train back to, to Oberhaus and literally is about five minutes after the main event finished. I know a few people ran for it, but if you're stuck in Essen, there isn't much else you can do than, uh, than go to the Bucky's and get strange stares <laughs> from uh, the locals in there. There's nothing else to do for yeah. an hour. I'm glad we didn't put any bets on, actually. But it looked mm. a bit complicated, didn't it, to actually yeah. load some card and all the rest of it. A, a mineral water was good enough for that evening, wasn't it? I think so. I mean, on the bleakometer, Essen is certainly at the sort of top of the scale. Bleakness, <laughs> much more bleaker than than Oberhausen as well. It's not met Wolverhampton yet, though. Uh, mate, there are places to go to in Wolverhampton. There's not even a pub. Six yeah, or an S yeah, that is true. And I would say that the other, this is the other issue you have if you were going to try and run for the train, and it was really cold. Um, is that there's only one ticket machine there, and <laughs> yeah. so you've got, a, you might have anything up to about sort of like fifty people trying to go there, and then you've got to buy the ticket. And German ticket machines will make you wait regardless, <laughs> and will swallow you. And then you've got to stamp it. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not willing to risk it at this point. I can't, I can't afford to be stopped by German police any, any other time after uh, my last trip. So yeah, uh, it's a risk you've got. Maybe some people take, but I'm not willing to. Still though, this time round, nothing eventful. None of us got robbed. None of us got fined. It's a bit boring, really, isn't it? It is a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, it's not what people listen for, is it? <laughs> well, I was hoping something bad would happen to you at some point. I know normally that's the case, <laughs> but uh, that didn't happen. No. I'll take that. <laughs> that's it. I, doing all right. I, doing all right. I went out with three bank cards, came back with all three. I just wanted to be careful this time. Unfortunately, uh, Jamesy, uh, our friend uh, from Ireland, managed to uh, do do the me uh, and leave his uh, his bank card in a ticket machine. It's very easy to do at those train stations. Uh, very easy to get that wrong. But yeah, we got we got very lucky this time. Unless uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's uh, the next time we go, uh, the uh, the Oberhausen gods and Essen gods will get us back. Yeah, I'm amazed that nothing went wrong. Considering we were outside of Oberhausen as well, it felt like inevitably with the distance yeah. was going to go wrong at some point. Yeah. Or we were going to get stuck there. I suppose the only thing that could have gone wrong was the cab ride that evening, wasn't it? Or the trains when they got cancelled. Yeah. yeah, we seem to get away with that. Uh, I actually think that McDonald's in Duisburg Station is the one. that It, it, it appears to be a lively place after 4 a.m. <laughs> That's it, yeah, like we can. Yeah, we headed back out from Essen, and yeah, that was kind of our, our nightly trip, wasn't it, going through there? It's surprising, though. Like, uh, one big thing that I noticed about maybe it's just that area, Jamie, but as opposed to England, you could be in a train station at four in the morning, and there's still a million people coming and going. Uh, it's a 20, feels like a 24 hour world over there, which uh, we're all too lazy for in England. I think, the, I think Liverpool Lime Street closes at midnight. Our oh, German train stations are just the best, though. The amount of options in terms of food, in terms of drink in them train stations. 
Uh, just the regularity of the trains mm. as well. You know, I, I'm, I'm jealous every time I go over there of how good their train system actually is and how great a German train station is. I know that when I've been to Germany loads of times, and I remember when I was in Hamburg for like six days at one point, I used to go to the train station to eat my dinner because there were so many like reasonable places you could get a good meal for for a good price in the train stations. So it was kind of like take your pick of whatever you fancy at the train station that night. That's mm. the quality of a German train station right there. Also, they had uh, English wine gums, Bre- Brexit wine gums. Well, that was for you only, wasn't it? <laughs> that really was, wasn't oh, it? You were looking for Irish wine gums, weren't you? Couldn't find any over there. Actually, you know what? It's good of you to spend St. Patrick's Day evening doing this, giving up your St. Patrick's yeah. Day for us guys. You're a good Irishman. <laughs> or a bad Irishman, some might a, say. A terrible one. I, I yeah. don't really celebrate. It's, it, I, I'm working tomorrow. I can't think of anything worse than having, having a big old drink on a Sunday. <laughs> shit, Irishman. Oh, shit one, yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to night two? <laughs> night one. Should, yeah. Night so we, one. This is kind of night zero, isn't it? Uh, uh, the, the trip to Essen. Yeah. Like, like you say, yeah, we headed back. We... We kind of got up, we had a, an early night on the Thursday, got up early on the Friday for, for night one proper. Uh, we had our media lunch at uh, Louisiana, uh, caught up with a, a few of the other uh, people that are out there. We headed over to the the podcast marathon that was going on at uh, the House Union as well. Um, <laughs> that was that was a fun experience. Uh, it was It's kind of, it's the Wrestler Hotel, isn't it? The, uh, the House Union. I was kind of, uh, once we finally got there um, i was quite uh, happy with kind of wandering through and you'd see like pe- two hispanic blokes that looked about the build of uh, pentagon and ray horus i'm not saying it was them just sat off in the bar having a nice chat uh kind of cool place to be that that house union we were there last year weren't we for uh the live show after the after night one um yeah what did you uh what did you make of it all and uh how do, how do you think it went our uh, our very first live podcast marathon I think you guys did an amazing job. I think that two-thirds of the podcast was great. I think one-third was a massive letdown, and I apologize for being shit. Um, <laughs> but if we ever do it again, I, I will learn from uh, from the experience and it come was... back stronger. <laughs> it, it was. I think it was an experience for cars, and I don't agree. I think you were great, Joe. I think it's just... Yeah. We're a very English-centric podcast. Like, when we got there... And we kind of realised the table of podcasters, and you know, a couple of it comes to something when of the English people in the room, I knew the name of every single one of them. And when we did an ask, <laughs> when we did an ask Rev Joe thing at the end, I could go, "Yes, Martin. Yes, Ben Owens. What, what's your question?" It was basically about ten to twelve English people, and then it was what fifty odd Germans there. Um, but it went, I think it went as well as it could. We were somehow announced as the the was it the co-main eventers uh with matthew or botchamania that had to be a, a mistake somewhere uh, i expected did, us to go on first they and, did. Uh... well we, we were we were introduced as the gimmick battle royal of the card <laughs> as well or the divas match yeah. The, yeah i think that's what we really were we were that like, we were the come down before the uh the botchamania made event but i will say i, I mean I, I do think the german crowd were, were quite receptive we had a nice bit of a back and forth talking about dsf and talking about uh alex wright and uh going through some uh english german relations uh yeah those are uh, a very nice crowd i uh, spoke to a few of the people afterwards who did see to enjoy it as well so yeah i think it I think it went as well as it could just a nice practice isn't it maybe hopefully i mean thanks to the bxw for the opportunity but yeah it's definitely something i'd love to do again 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, even though you know, I'm not happy with uh, my performance, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, uh, definitely something I would definitely do again. And yeah. I think that yeah, we did pretty well. You guys did especially well for the first one. You had them German lads piss themselves of your uh, Deutsch Seafax <laughs> raw results, Ben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they loved that. They loved that. And I was telling a story about when I went to America and uh, almost got arrested trying to go watch Necro Butcher and Loki. Must have just been a lot of Necro Butcher and Loki fans in the audience. Uh, no, they were, they were a great crowd, and it was like it was just nice to be a part of. I thought the Brit Red Roundtable guys did a good job. I really thought the uh, the Headlock guys being a being a German podcast, but speaking mm. in English, I think they did a really really good job there as well. Alan Farrell was fun. Uh, all in all, it was just fun to be be a part of all that, and to yeah, uh, to have a, such a receptive audience. Yeah, such a strange venue for it as well. I think mm. Andy Ogden said it best when he described it as the Alo Alo Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember the old sitcom Hello Hello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's and, a good beer though, though. Yeah, it was good. Uh, apart from the out of date beer they were serving. Oh right. Yeah. I knew as soon as I had that, I was like, this is out of date. I, I know when I'm, stuff, yeah, I know when I'm, Joe's beer corner knows when a beer is past its sell by date, and that was past its sell by date. But off the tap was good, yeah. But yeah, weird setting for it. I do think like someone like the Turbin Haller. Mm. I think you'd get more people in because it is such a strange little place to have that event, isn't it? Because it's near the Turbin Haller, but I think if there was a little small room at the Turbin Haller, it would just feel a mm. bit more, I don't know, I'd feel a bit more relaxed. I think for me, the layout of the room didn't help either because you had the big long tables. Mm. So it felt quite formal. It felt mm. like you were at some sort of like dinner. Whereas if it was just chairs down the front and everyone was sort of informally crowded around or gathered around, I don't know, I think I would have felt a bit more relaxed. But you guys were great, so <laughs> just me. Thanks, mate. Well, if anyone wants to check it out, make, make your uh, your own mind up. You can. There is a video on the Indie Corners Twitter. Um, unfortunately, there's no audio, apparently. Coincidentally, just for our bit, the audio uh, went out on the recording that uh, WFW were doing. Uh, nobody's fault, but I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we were too hot to handle. Maybe those Pat Butcher references and the... Uh, we did bring up Brexit. We didn't mention the other things we weren't so supposed to mention. We did mention Brexit. Maybe we were just too hot for the audio. So, yeah. Unfortunately, there's not going to be an audio copy of it. But you can check out the video if you want to see our, uh, our smiling, happy faces. I slipped a backhander to the guy recording the audio <laughs> time to just destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, after that uh, some, somewhat uh, fresh experience, we headed over to the Turban Haller for, uh, for night one at Carrot. It was great to be there again. Uh, I've still got the, uh, the, 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 the music that they use for Carrot kind of drumming through my head. Um, it was Turban Haller one this time. Which uh, was interesting being there. Uh, what did you make of uh, of of the bigger uh, ends of the Turban Hall that being normally uh, Turban Hall two that the, that they run through? Uh, I think it still looked uh, spectacular. If you know, it was busier on certainly on night two than it was on night one. Although there were still a lot of people there. Yeah, it was. It looks spectacular when you walk in. I mean, this is the, a very repetitive theme that anyone who who covers WXW will say. Any fan who goes into Turban Haller, what you see on the outside is not what you see on the inside. The job they do making these kind of very bare, barren halls look like you know this something resembling I don't know the ECW arena in 95. Not in terms like with a much better layout and great production, but this sort of hot crowd around the ring they had um they had the uh diamonds there as well the low with the 16 karat gold logo 
that that people you know just above the ring i thought the led screens just looked phenomenal just the three led uh, screen setup and the big stage and it looked i mean it looked big time it looked like a really big time show and the way that mm. because there's the difference between turban Halla one and turban Halla two is there's a lot more kind of stairways going up and that creates some natural blockages and the security will generally ask people to move away from standing on the stairs so that can create a bit slightly bit of an awkward layout whereas turban Halla two is a lot more flat there's only two sets of steps going up yeah i think it was only the steps that made yeah. me realize the difference between the two because mm. otherwise like when i walked in i didn't even remember it was a different building because they look the setup mm. and the presentation looks so similar like it looked amazing in there the entire presentation mm. for an independent wrestling group is just absolutely top notch it's yeah. any other independent group in the world to shame mm. i can't think of anyone outside of really wwe who have production values or presentation values in arena that is anywhere close to this it was it was well impressive that's it it's the it's the product you want to show people when you if you want to talk up independent wrestling you show them the the ott video packages featuring the soothing tones of jp hulahan and you show them (laughs) wxw and what their shows look like because yeah it is it's first class it's professional and everyone can check out the VOD as well because they get the VOD up quickly as well. Just everything they do is great. I mean, even, you know, mentioning OTT, even WXW's video packages are fantastic as well. Like, I suppose if we're going to talk night one, we should probably start with Walter and David Starr. And the video package for that thing, just perfect. You know, again, David Starr being brilliant, just doing that talking head about this being the time uh, he's going to beat Walter. I mean, spoilers, it wasn't, but... You know, there's something that that makes the presentation feel even more big time because when it comes to these big matches and these big feuds, they give it, you know, everything. You get that full production, that full explanation. Of, if you came in fresh and didn't even know David Starr and Walter were, you knew the story right there and then, and it meant you could emotionally invest in that match. Just, yeah, first class from WXW all around. Um, but, yeah, what, what did you guys uh, make of that? And... Uh, and make it the match itself. I alluded to it there. It was the it was the match where we all expected it to happen. We all expected David Starr to win. And uh, we all kind of left night one uh, a little bit sad. Yeah, I thought it was... I don't know if it's my match of the weekend. There are a few that are in contention for it. I think the more satisfied ending it would have been. Mm. But I completely understand the ending, the end of the weekend. And I think in terms of the Starr-Walter matches... I've seen most of them. I don't think I've seen all of them. I think there's one in like Beyond Wrestling I've not seen. Um, but yeah, most of them I've seen. And for me, this was their best one since the one they had in Carrot two years ago. Mm. I think the storytelling in this was on a completely different level. And it's sort of a testament to WXW's ability to tell a long-term, far-reaching story that has multiple layers that are kind of built upon from companies around the world. And they've taken this match on tour, and they've come back here to Carrot two years later, and it feels like an even bigger match two years later than it did in 2017. Star and Walt's profiles are bigger, for one. And Star here, i got to say, his performance all around was just great. I think some of his subtle acting during the match and some of the little things that he's kind of throw into the match as well, he looked 
it's so up for it. And mm. I think the way that Walter got across a sort of a vulnerability, and it was the first time I've really seen Walter look truly vulnerable in one of his contests with Star, really helped to advance the story to that next level as well that it needed to get to, to show that Star is growing as an opponent for Walter. I just thought, as a match, obviously we were all well disappointed with the ending, mm. but at the same time, the ending made sense at the end of the weekend, and the way mm. that the end the end was sold by Walter and by Star was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Without going into sort of uh, night two and night three, at the end of this particular match, I, I was completely deflated. Mm. Oh, I was, absolutely. I was gutted, and to elicit that kind of reaction, we're all getting at, we're all getting angry and f- trying to find someone to blame, aren't we? We were kind of saying on night one, oh. I bet this is WWE. Probably. Oh. I mean, Star alluded to it in his promo on night two. He kind of said, you know, there was something different about that match, but, you know, other results in the tournament, as you alluded to there, JP, would hopefully say that's not really the case. Uh, but the fact that it can get, like, that emotional reaction from, you know, even the likes of us, I think that says everything, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And I think they deliberately played in with a lot of the WWE stuff in terms of their storytelling. And it was, and as with this, you kind of have to view it holistically. You have to view all three nights together. Mm. And when you look at night one in isolation, there were things that I think we were, we were quite cross about at the time, Mm. but that's, that's the reaction they were going for. And they knew they were going to do that. Mm. And they kind of played that part of the story out at that point in time Mm. with after looking back at it all and the direction of where this feud's going to go, I think I had said sort of loser leaves town. I think both yeah. of you had said I quit. Something along those lines, a kind of one-off mm. big match would be, I'd be completely up for that. It's also the kind of match that, I'll be honest with you, that kind of feud ending match, I'd be willing to travel out there to go and watch it. Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest uh, feuds in wrestling right now. Mm. Yeah. I think this match, actually, I thought this was going to be the conclusion, and they've just added an extra layer well, to it. We, we have two of our favourite feuds in terms of what we have. We've, well, three, a three-way feud, if you include Jordan Devlin, who isn't here over the weekend, playing across sort of multiple promotions with Star and Walter. We had the Star-Walter element for this weekend, mm. and they've been our favourite stories in wrestling. And so you've got one third of this sort of fantastic. It's like the three colors trilogy. I think of it, <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've got three different feuds. And in this one, you've still got this, this great isolated chapter that you're watching. And it's great uh, emotional arc as well with brilliant acting. And Walter, who you could t- it just gets such a buzz of playing the like hated heel. Oh, he was yeah. the bad guy here, full stop. Like, I, oh, that's another yeah. notable thing, isn't it? That Walter is. Over this tournament was very much the heel, and he was very much the heel, and Star was very much the babyface, except for, you know, a minority of fans that for for some reason still want to boo him. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, like the crowd were overwhelmingly behind him. I mean, I rewatched this on VOD. You know, the UR David Star chance were going. You could hear the Ogden shouted and Leeds. It was just a room full of people that really wanted David Star to win. And that, to push back a little bit, I I still think that this in a lot of ways, feels like the peak of the story. I don't know if you get this reaction again. If you go, Maybe you do, if you go back to it and do it again. I, I was kind of, my overriding emotional reaction to this match was kind of like, well, if not now, when? Uh, maybe the answer's mm-hmm. never. Maybe David Starr never wins. For me, it felt like the stars aligned and it was the perfect time to do it. I know they had a, a story they wanted to tell more with Walter over the weekend. 
Um, but I don't know. For me, more than anything, maybe said that maybe we don't get it again. Uh, we don't get it at any point. Maybe he's you know they do what they should have done with Tommy Dreamer and Raven, and you know never having Tommy Dreamer beat Raven would have been the way to go for me. Maybe maybe it's the way to go with David Starr and Walter. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Uh, he's Liverpool, mate. He's going to blow it again. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to blow it again. I, I was thinking, you know, it crossed my mind when I was watching it. I want Liverpool to win the league so badly. I hate Man City. Ah, and I was watching this thinking, ah, oh, Walter's like the corporate Man City-like representative. And there's the <laughs> pure, you know, working class David Starr with his proper ethics and all the rest of it. Uh, mm. Yeah, that did cross my mind. I think one of the things to say about this as well, though, is I love the fact that they took that kind of elephant in the room with the WWE relationship and they owned it and they made it their own for storytelling purposes over the sort of arc of the weekend, if anything. And I thought that was quite a brave move. We can, you consider what progress have done with that WWE relationship and how badly they've really handled it over time. And WXW here, I don't think they could have handled it any better than actually just going, yeah, that's a thing. Let's just use it and advance a story with it. Um, I was going to say as well, did you guys see what David Starr was doing after the match at all? I saw the stuff on the VOD. He was walking around the turbine haller, doing like laps of the turbine haller, like with his head down in his gear, just looking like he was lost and didn't know what to do. Mm. And he was completely in character, completely playing up what had just happened. It was just Mm. like, like I went up to him and sort of went, oh, Dave, that was a great match, mate, one of your best. And he just didn't even acknowledge it. He just carried on kind of thing. Mm. And I think you said something to him as well, JP. You might have forgotten. You were like, that was bollocks booking that, mate, or something (laughs) like that. Something along those lines, yeah. And he sort of nodded. Brilliant. And it was like, He's playing like uh, at the end of the weekend. I was like, yeah, he was playing into that. Yeah. Like just the little subtle things that they did. I was going to mention as well. Uh, one of the big things I loved that they did at the start of night one, the procession with the wrestlers at the beginning. Oh yes, yeah. I don't know what you guys think of that, but I think it's such a great touch because it's not like ticking a box of saying here's the wrestlers. Mm. It's a way of getting stories underway immediately. Oh, yeah on the weekend. Mm. So Star's reaction then, the fact he was the last person to leave, the fact he was looking at that trophy, added that layer before this match on that night mm. as well. I just thought it was absolutely great storytelling throughout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does add, like I say, just the, the different ways the different wrestlers look at each other. Yeah, Pentagon gets into a shoving match. Like, it does help, doesn't it? Uh, it definitely adds to the drama. Uh, but yeah, again, I don't think you can say much more. The, it was a match that, that that dragged me in emotionally. Um, and again, even if I'm not as confident on what they do next with it, um, another you know epic section of storytelling from WXW and definitely the highlight from night one for me. Um, I don't know, did you guys, uh, what were your, your other highlights from night one? Um, I did really enjoy that Phoenix and Horus match. That was maybe my, my other uh, match of the night from night one. Yeah, that was a great exhibition, I thought, in sort of just lucha, essentially. Should have gone on first. Should have gone on first. It was kind of the match that it had great flying. It was what it should have been. It was the two of them kind of going crazy. Um, Phoenix hitting rope walk kicks and Horace hitting his crazy dives, but... Yeah, part of me was like, yeah, that it was a weird match to have on second. It probably should have gone on first because Axel Dieter Jr. and Mar- poor Marius Elani don't uh, don't don't really do a huge amount for me. Well, I actually went back and rewatched that match, and I, th- I thought on a second watch, it was it was a good match. It just wasn't the hot opener. Yeah, mm. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. yeah, and it was, and I'd also kind of forgotten how good Axel Dieter Jr. really is. Now his 
best nights we're going to talk about was sort of night two, night three. But um, the fact that he was able to do his sort of mat work in this match, which I'd spoken to um, to Will Cooling about this, and that was one of one of the issues. If you ever see him in NXT UK or NXT, it's very much a kind of ge- rather generic WWE style oh. that that he takes on board. And I think he need, you know, and I think that's one of the issues is that he doesn't work a kind of hot opening match style style anyway at the best of times. Mm. So if you'd move that to the second match on the card, it would have he got a great reception as he did. Oh, did it was kept. it was the biggest crowd he's worked in front of in ages. I mean, those, <laughs> those full set clouds aren't quite this big, you know. Uh, oh, certainly the hottest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't do a lot for me though, um, Dista Junior. I like him in a tag. I like the you know the Euro tag team he's got with with Fabian Eichner right now, um, but again you know not everything has to be for me because certainly the uh, the WXW crowds were, were well behind him and made up to see him back so you know minor complaint from me. I wonder if it's just because he's so often out of sight, out of mind that, that like we don't see him on a regular basis. Even when he is featured on TV, it's not like you're getting to see him work various companies is it like like he would have done before we would have seen him in progress and wxw yeah he's a guy who i think went a year a year too early i think he was yeah. just he was just getting some steven progress as well as part of the ring camp fact when he went I and mean, then he just sat doing nothing for what over a year if anything i think yeah him and him and biff busick for me are the two guys that went to wwe way too early and had and left a lot on the table in terms of indie runs um but I worry, about that for, I worry about that for Ilya as well, though, because, like, Ilya... Yeah, absolutely. On this night one, I'd, it reminded me of why I do like him, you know? I'd almost mm. convinced myself I'd gone off him a bit, but he had a match with Daisuke Sakamoto where it was a great big man, little man fight. They made it believable that Ilya could beat him. He felt like a big superstar in this setting on all of the nights, and it just made me think, uh, is that NXT UK contract a really good idea for him? Uh, maybe it is from a monetary point of view, but... This feels like the ideal presentation of him as well. I think he's got a lot in common with uh, with Axel Dieter in, in that regard too. Yeah, I suppose we're going to see, aren't we, at the end of the day when it comes to Ilya, because I think he had a great weekend. But Al Ali seems like the kind of guy I can imagine WWE being interested in as well. Mm. He kind of mm. fits that kind of style that they like. He's got a pretty good look as well. Mm. I could see him turning up there at some point in time, especially if they get underway with, say, I don't know, WWE Germany or expand into Europe a little bit more beyond mm. just the UK stuff. Um I was going to say as well, for, in terms of a match point of view, my second favorite match of the night was the Thatcher Lucky Kid match. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a great sort of way to return to a great match of last year, which I think mm. was almost like Lucky Kid's breakout match, if yeah. anything. It was a highlight for me from last year, one of my favorite matches of the tournament. Absolutely. And I thought this match was a kind of continuation of that as well. Mm. And. Going back to the procession at the beginning, I don't know if you saw Thatcher and Lucky Kid kind of having it out with one another at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I just thought that added that little bit of tension, that little bit of heat to this occasion as well mm. and sort of spoke volumes as to Thatcher's mood and mm. sort of got across that Thatcher was maybe too pumped and too distracted on the weekend as well. Mm. And then that led to the obviously the roll-up finish in this, which just came out of nowhere and Lucky Kid was a little bit more focused. I just thought it was a great match between the two of them again, two guys that have so much more chemistry than you'd 
ever think they'd have to get her as well. Oh, yeah. And so much connection to the crowd as well. Like, I've never... Yeah. The crowd yeah. was so split on this one. Like, well, well, massive cheers for Lucky, but Tim Thatcher's absolutely beloved as well, isn't he? Um, but, yeah, similar to last year, it was... I think that made it, that connection to the crowd, that you say, that strange chemistry that you wouldn't expect them to have it, have with tim's technique being over here like it is absolutely nowhere else and <laughs> a surprising result because again at our podcast marathon i suggested tim thatcher should win and the german crowd erupted and then lucky kid goes over which in hindsight absolutely the right move but yeah i mean it, it was kind of uh, a little bit out of nowhere thatcher going out this early but i think you touched on it there joe the the fact that he's so up for it and all this ring camp stories kind of going on in the background maybe maybe it shouldn't have been such a surprise that he went out so early and it's a and it's a shining example of nuanced storytelling. Mm. Um, it's it's playing into subtleties with emotions. Now imagine WWE trying to write that, um, <laughs> but they don't have a WrestleMania card, mate. It's what <laughs> three weeks away. But I was thinking it was one of the, the things I really love about Lucky Kid is there's a very much a hybrid style that he seems to work, which is mm. going to be almost um, this mix between he can do lots of high flying stuff, but he's, his work on the mat is also oh, really good, along with his facials and the fact that he's he's able to do these counters as well. But at the same mm. time, he, he can do what a four uh, is it a four fifty he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as well at the same time, yeah, and the fact they were both over there. The, the, it was. It was, a, it was a really great match. And um, it was one that I think you could see just slightly happening because there's always going to be that real shocker in the first round. And looking through it, it, it seems almost obvious that this is the one that should have been. Well, the two favourites in Thatcher and Starr, yeah. really, mm. the two fan favourites, were gone by the end of night one, no, which yeah. is on ballsy on mm. WXW's part, isn't it? I think mm. one of the things as well that made the Thatcher loss a bit more shocking was the package they played before the match, yeah. where it spoke about Thatcher winning and why yeah. he wanted to win or the rest of it. Yeah. And you sort of think, oh, okay, this looks like he, it looks like he's going to go far here. But then there was the kind of ring camp dissension element to that package, mm. wasn't there? Yeah. And it was like they went with the ring camp dissension rather than the Thatcher's kind of road to victory part mm. of the package, which they also told. So, yeah, really ballsy move on WXW's mm. part here. I tell you what I didn't like from this night one before we move on to night two. Mm. I thought Pentagon and Mark Davis was a real letdown. Mark Davis was in no, for me, in no way portrayed as the equal of Pentagon. Maybe you shouldn't be. Maybe you need some straightforward victories, but I thought that was a disappointment. I thought Avalanche and Yen Simmons was a attitude era brawl everywhere backstage. We all watch on the big screen. Good mm. idea in principle, but didn't really work for me. Maybe it works better on the VOD. That's one I haven't gone I'll back watch and it watched. Back on the VOD today. Any better? Not really. Um, <laughs> Do people like Jan Simmons? Because I just I've never seen a good Jan Simmons match. I don't oh, think we, the hair versus hair one against David Starr at Tag. Oh League. yeah, that oh yeah, a... that is good. Yeah, yeah. Th- they're live, but I mean, again, David Starr is, is absolutely fantastic, isn't he? And and it, and it had the kind of story and the heat, and it was. I thought this match should have been like that. That's what yeah, it should have been absolutely. a wild around the Turban Halla one room. And gone upstairs. That would have been fantastic. And I would have really enjoyed seeing that. And I was sort of really built up into... I was looking forward to seeing Avalanche in this. I thought Avalanche is going to get a good run. And people spoke that was, that was their dark horses for the tournament. And again, one of the great strengths of WXW. A tournament that you're going into where you genuinely don't know who's going to win. How lovely is that? 
as opposed to say Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble. Uh, <laughs> ran over on that again. But yeah, this match should have been around around that Turban Halla one. It just when it went backstage, it lost it for me. And it was very difficult to see the finish. I just go back, which was the Dreisker bomb, the sort of avalanche Vader bomb that he did to the floor, which you know looked somewhat spectacular. But yeah, I, I'd enjoyed the the match they had on the road to Billerfeld. But yeah, this was a real letdown for me. Yeah, I don't think it was the wrong match and it was the wrong night for this sort mm. of match, if anything, as well. Mm. Can I make a point on Mark Davis as well? Going back to what mm. Benno was saying. Mm. I think the Pentagon match was disappointing. I think, you know, Pentagon's an international star. He probably doesn't really know who Mark Davis is. Yeah. You know, Pentagon's going to be an all-in Sorry, all in. Um, double or nothing. Mm. It's going to be a massive show. Pentagon's been everywhere. Who's Mark Davis to Pentagon at the end of the day? Mm. And it felt like, it really felt like there was a difference in stature when the two of them were across the ring from one another. Mm. But also, when they were doing the announcements at the beginning, when all the, the guys in the tournament were coming up on the screen, and you're sort of thinking, Walter, fucking hell, he's a big bloke. Thatcher looks legit. Ilya Dragunov, like, real personality. Then Mark Davis came up, and I'm like, he's a big bloke, and he's wearing a trucker's cap and a denim hipster jacket. Mm. He looks like he should be knocking around, like, Shoreditch or Hoxton or somewhere. <laughs> Why is he in a wrestling ring? And I was thinking to myself, you know, his look is an issue. Like, the way he comes to the ring and the way he's dressed when he's of that size, I mean, he needs to be owning that size a little bit more and thinking about his look and his appearance a little bit more because he's got all the tools, but I think that looks... And I've never thought it before. It was only on that night that it occurred to me. But I definitely think he needs to do something about that look. But by night three, there was a change in look. Yeah, but the Schadenfreude stuff, definitely. definitely. But in terms of the leather jacket and the black shorts, and, and I, I was thinking of that comment you made to me at the time, and then seeing him when he came out like that, and I've jumped ahead here, I actually thought that's the look you need to go for. But mm. with a sort and I, and I haven't been to see him in Fight Club Pro, but with a real sort of nasty, aggressive edge. Like you say, owning his size yeah. somewhat on that. That, that look with that is definitely a, a way to go for him. Uh, any other notes on night one? I assume no one's got anything to say about uh, Chris Brooks and Shigeru Iria. We've uh, <laughs> we go we talk about Chris Brooks a lot on this podcast, but fine match, some comedy. Iria went over. That's kind of all I've got to say on that one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was there. It, yeah, <laughs> that was it the was it was there match fine. of the night. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, after the night one uh, shenanigans, uh, we headed over to the. Bowling at, uh, what is it, Nippy's Bowling Palace? Is that the name That's of it? That's the one. Uh, you know why I'm bringing it up, guys. Uh, second oh, yeah. place winner here, myself and uh, Patrick of uh, of WXW. Uh, we, we we were on the same lane as uh, Absolute Andy and Killer Kelly. They were battering us all game, and we managed to come back. I got four strikes in a row, lads, at the end. it was. Uh, I've never been any good at bowling, but somehow... We looked our way through and we won our lane and we, we checked all the scores and we were absolutely convinced we'd won overall. Bear in mind, there were what? Was there like 50 teams, something like that? 50, 60 teams? Yeah, just, there was about just, 120 people taking part in the bowling. Oh, God. Including, you know, people like Daisuke Sakamoto who was in the lane right next to us bowling, which is this, in a pair of sliders, which is the strangest thing in the world. I got, I got a mark photo with him because, of course, I did. Uh, I'm definitely going to find a way to use that <coughs> as part of our show image. Uh, but yeah, we, we thought we'd won. I was ready to dedicate the victory to, uh, to Angry Dave and the rest of the bowling crew, but we only came second. We came second by one point, which is literally one bowling pin, but. 
as I talk now, I'm uh, sat at my podcast desk. I've got a nice little trophy and a medal, so it all worked out. Quite happy with that. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun night. All in all, you guys were were there as well. Yeah, had a good time. I think Benno, I'd credit your second place uh, to Patrick. I'd say it was a Patrick Carey job on your part there, Unbelievable. right? Unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> it was a team effort <laughs> yeah we made up with that like hopefully we'll uh, we'll be back uh, myself and patrick for for tag league uh, to take it next time but uh yeah it's a it's just a kind of nice communal thing isn't it having everybody there use were uh, were sipping pints didn't see much of you jp what were you up to i was all i was all around the place being the usual social butterfly for a, <laughs> for a fair whack of that that's that's how i roll at these things um go. did you and- manage to complete your bingo set Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Did it all by the end of the overhouse. Oh, well, well done. Well done, me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it's a nice point there. Yeah. Ma- Maisel well. Vice, which is a top vice beer, I've got to say. Had a pint of it in Oxford the other week, £6.70. It's about three euros yeah. there. <laughs> well, when the barmaid said £6.70, I was like, what the fuck? That's the most expensive pint I think I've ever bought. But what was it, three euro, three euro fifty at yeah. the Nippies Bowling? I was well Can't down with that. that. Yeah. A few pints of that. <laughs> and it was, and then the only issue was, is obviously from there, um, we all had to, we had to get a cab back, didn't we? Yeah, it's kind from... of the, the start of the awful weather of the weekend uh, that night. But yeah, we didn't uh, didn't let it dampen our spirits. It was a late night. I mean, I think we got back what what time? Like three, four, something like that. Uh, four a.m. Something like that. Oh yeah. god, yeah. I, I know a lot of people. You know, the next day, night two, got up on Saturday morning to go to wrestling cult. Don't think any of us fancied that. Uh, we got up in time for Absolutely Ambition, though, not. which is an improvement on my performance last year. Again, uh, Ambition isn't something, you know, like in a circle, we'll go through the match by match, but uh, still another another uh, fun show to have as, as part of the weekend and worth getting out of bed for. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, we said this at the time, don't think it was as good as last year's last year's Ambition. No, I think it's a good, it's a great addition to the weekend. I yeah. think I'd highly recommend it. And it's something different. And it's something to sort of keep you entertained over the weekend if you're there for the sure duration. as well, isn't it? It is, but I think it went too long this year. Mm. I think some of the matches went too long as well. I think last year there was a real variety. So we were getting like sort of two, three minute matches that felt like sort of shoot sprinty type matches that could end out of nowhere. Mm. Whereas this year, because a lot of the guys weren't actually in the carrots all as last year they were, it felt like they were given a bit more time, which I understand, but I felt like this went on a bit too long and some of the matches dragged um there was some good stuff in there i thought a kid and ridgeway had a really good contest in there mm. um but there were a few things that i thought dragged quite a bit um it's good to see your boy rico bushido having a good oh, yeah. showing in there speaking um, of the bingo card say it again speaking of the bingo card yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. old uh, eddie gordo rico bushido um, doubts him that's what he seemed to be dressed. Oh yeah, at, yeah, Street Fighter. He liked that, didn't he? He did like that. Yeah, you had a good chat with Rico, didn't you? I did. Yeah, amongst other things. Yeah, um, but I think some of it got a bit too sort of pro wrestling. Mm. Let's just say. Um, mm. oh, I didn't yeah. think Irie was the guy to win this, 100%. and I didn't think I didn't think he really kind of invested in the shoot style of it either. Um, he, was, he was hitting. Was it like pile drivers and cannonballs? And there was a point yeah. where Ridgeway was on the floor and he just started launching him with, into him with forearms. I just don't think he really knew the rules. Um, and, and, you know, not a bad person to round up the numbers, but yeah, didn't didn't to me seem an obvious choice to win. And 
I think the story was Vite Muller, wasn't it? I really expected that to happen. I didn't expect your boy Rico to even get to the final either, JP. But well, yeah, odd choice. I'd have, I'd have gone all the way with Rico. On that one, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Some, I've got a dog in this fight. So yeah, I would have personally. Is Rico the fourth man in your four horsemen stable with Matt Riddle, Jonathan Gresham, and yourself? Yes, yeah, that's he it. rounds it out nicely. And I am a piss poor JJ Dillon at the moment. <laughs> I'd say you're the Arn Anderson, mate. Oh, I'll happily know, take that. Take you know, that all day. I think Dice Gray Sekimoto should be part of this crew as well, because I think it was, dur- <laughs> it was during this show when I, th- I saw poor Dice Gay trying to get himself a, a oh. beer from the bar using the bonds, and he didn't seem to understand yeah. the bond system. Um, and I, I literally, I could see JP on the floor. I don't know if you were there for this, Joe. I literally sent JP a text saying, buy Dice Gay a drink, buy Dice Gay a drink. And he went up and bought him a drink. Got a nice photo. Best mates. He could be part of your crew. Oh, yeah. He can certainly join in. He's going to have to sort of learn to live it tough if he's going to knock about with me, though. Cause he was a... I, know he's, I know he's a big man, but I don't know whether or not he can kind of keep to the pace that I do over a weekend in Germany. Um, uh, he was it, was, it, it was a funny one, yeah, because he just didn't get the bond system at all. And it was just like, you felt bad. It's just like, look, don't worry, mate. You have that. And he tried giving us money. It's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And then Imagine taking me. money from Daisuke Sekimoto. That would be... Come on, you can't do that. <laughs> well, looking at my bank balance after Kara, I'm thinking <laughs> actually I might, could have done with it really in hindsight. Anyway, dog, re- yeah, really nice bloke. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite short. Never met a man as sort of wide as that. <laughs> like, like the, he could just sort of crush my neck in a comical way. He was, in, a... yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, but he's a yeah, he's a little sweetheart. You. <laughs> See, if I'd have entered, entered ambition, as you two wrongly alluded to on the last podcast, he would have uh, <laughs> tore me apart. But... He'd have won. <laughs> well, he was loving it, though, wasn't he? He was, like say, he was up on the balcony near us, and I think he was mainly there for the Ishikawa-Tim Thatcher super fight, which I really enjoyed. I think that was, it was the super fight, and it was, you know, the best match of the night. I don't think any of the tournament matches came anywhere close. That was kind of the best representation of the style similar to the tag match the night before mm. i don't know which of the two are preferred but me and you had the great seat for it didn't we jp we were perched on the balcony looking directly down at the ring uh that really worked for me so that made it worth again we didn't make the 10 a.m ambition but we made the tw- the, the 12 p.m uh sorry the, the 10 a.m call but we made the 12 p.m ambition so definitely worth it oh yeah 100 percent I like the way that uh, they use the Ishikawa match as part of Thatcher's overall weekend as well, though. So he lost this mm. one as well. He didn't want a match over the whole weekend. And it just kind of compounded the misery for Thatcher, if anything, didn't it? <laughs> Poor Tim. It, yeah. In terms of a, a couple of... Uh, one of the other things I'd say on the Ambition card, for anyone who's watching through it, there was a guy there who I think was accompanying um, Ishikawa over the weekend, Istria, who's an Australian bloke. And I thought he had a couple of good showings. And it's something we've said before. It'd be an interesting thing to have one match like this on most cards that we see, just mm. as a bit of variation, as something different. Doesn't need to go more than five minutes, but I'd be up for watching it. Yeah, well, the ambi- the uh, Tetsujin lads were there, um, so you know maybe you could do something like. Although I think their 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 final and third show is coming up anyway, so maybe not with them, but maybe somebody could uh, could do something um, and have it as like a a guest match on shows. I know that's. Uh, that's something that Ridgeway's been after, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it's definitely a, it's just something different, and it's it's a hard one to explain to people, isn't it? That it's it's wrestling that's it's still not real, but they they, they try and make it more real. Um, but it's certainly got a place, and I'll be looking forward to a to Bloodsport Mania weekend too. So yeah, definitely worthwhile. 
you sure you don't want one of these matches every show just so Bushido gets more bookings over here potentially? <laughs> if if that's a, an offshoot of it being on every show, then I'm all all in with that. That'd be be a nice happy coincidence. <laughs> it works. I mean, one thing that wasn't really worth. No, we didn't really get out of bed for. But after this was a uh, wrestling Deutschland, which I thought last year was a bit of a highlight of the weekend. I enjoyed the. The kind of laid-back nature of it, the fact that it's guest matches from all different promotions. I think it was a 3 p.m. kickoff for this one. Me, uh, me and you, Joe, we went in search of food. I wandered back thinking it was a 4 p.m. start, so I only really caught the last couple of matches, which was mainly uh, Bad Bones just taking the piss with his macho man gimmick. Uh, but JP, you caught the most of the first half. Anything worthwhile to, to, to say to people at Wrestling Deutschland? Uh, oh. I haven't heard many good words about this one. No, and I've... Um actually read an interview today that um, Arn Furious did with Taz where they spoke specifically about this about it's actually it was a financial success but as a show it mm. was bad mm. it really wasn't good um, they had a very shindy battle royal to start off with which I'm great with that because it was just wacky there was a guy called I think it's, is it Berenstein who's got like this OCD cleanliness gimmick that was there that was that was quite funny and I think it was one by a guy called Lucas Robinson who uh, um, had as a cracking gimmick of being just, he's an Australian guy. So he's wearing um, a sort of crocodile Dundee get up with a hat and a bag as if he's just traveling around the world, coming out to um, the proclaimers or oh, 500 miles. And it got over massively. Um, there was a, a, a second match on the card, which featured uh, rotation. Who's one of the trainers at WXW and, Lots of sort of great flippy stuff, but it's it's sunk off a cliff at the point where I had to leave, and I was suffering at this point, like in terms of it had been a heavy night the night before, <laughs> and I had a couple of beers, and I was watching it, and I had these, I don't know, I had, I'd been caught in the pissing rain as well, so I ended up drinking Monster and buying some wine gums from Buster's Erotic Video. <laughs> um, didn't buy any porn. That's a phrase. We Got stuck probably... there, and they asked us to leave, and it was like, you bastards. Did you look at the porn? No, didn't at all. I just looked for the wine gums, and I needed an energy drink. And I don't drink energy drinks. This being like by the by the turban hala, the turban hala, McDonald's, yeah. Burger King, a kebab van, a blockbuster video, or something else. It's it's basically a blockbuster. It's that, yeah. And Buster's erotic discount store, which is as you can guess what it is. It's an erotic discount store. Uh, were the wine gums cheap at least, JP? I about euro twenty five. I'm all right with that. They last you the old weekend. You started on the Monday, didn't you? No, they were the they were the English wine gums I bought from the train station. Oh as right, well, yeah. okay. Wine gum mecca, love a wine gum. <laughs> um, they all seem to have a bookies there as well that we noticed would yeah. have been showing football that we could have gone in and seen. But oh. yeah, um, so I saw that. I left at the point where there was a there was an intergender tag match, and the one guy on one team was he looked the spit of basically German Stephen Flutter, but dressed <laughs> up as a monk. Up against a lad who seemed to be cosplaying as Woody from Toy Story, and it was shy. And I went, "I'm off. I need to eat, otherwise I'm going to die here." Um, and that's what I did. And then I got caught in the rain again, in in quite a dramatic way. That weather, when it got bad that weekend, Jesus, it got bad. <laughs> See that 
as that weather hit and as you left it sounds like that's literally when i was walking over yeah, joe you were having so. a great you were having a great meal was it japanese uh, oh food? that was the, one of the best meals i had the entire I, you know what i did all right this weekend i really was quite <laughs> vigilant on the old food front and thought i'm not having the sheer amount of mcdonald's i had last year i'm finding proper food and the japanese food i had cheers to mark buckledy for the recommendation mm. it was fantastic it, it didn't did a job in the best way possible uh, so you made the well, right choice there. wine gums and rain mate i was eating <laughs> yeah. good japanese food and feeling <laughs> the benefits feeling I, revived i did regret that because i left you to go for that meal to go get a brat first and get back with the wrestling and yeah i literally got there as jp left so i must have missed all the entertaining shite stuff that's yeah you know it's bad but I think I would have enjoyed just being there, like you say, for, for German Stephen Flooder. And I was just there for the generally bad stuff, like Bad Bones John Klinger, like like I said at the start. Like, he's someone who... He was wandering around all weekend. Uh, we, we saw him up in the press bit. He was at WXW shows. Uh, not part of the roster anymore, obviously, but he couldn't mo- look more like a man who just does not give a fuck. Uh, and like I say, he's got this... He didn't do it so much here, but there was a little flashes of it. He's doing in Defiant, like a Macho Man Randy Savage tribute act, like Jay Lethal isn't already, you know, killed that to death the anyway. Badness, isn't it? He just he looks like someone who, He just looks like someone who doesn't care. He really does. Um, I know he won Wrestling Cult's belt earlier in the day as well, which is how he kind of, yeah, uh, he was defending the belt on this show. Um, oh. Yeah, he just looked bad. He just looked like... I, I went into this weekend thinking, oh, really, I think John Klinger coming back, there's some mileage in that. You know, you could see him come in and, you know, re- reform the whole Rise stuff. I don't think I want to see it now. I think I'm done with uh, with poor John Klinger. Really? He killed, yeah. he killed you that much on him? Killed him. Killed. It's that plus the defiant stuff, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if he came back with a bit of motivation. Because, mm. um, yeah. But it is, you know, I'll, it just made me think how the mighty have fallen from being part of the biggest moments, you know, last year, the, the Ilya Walter match, and being the top, you know, baddie there to, yeah, kind of standing in the crowd with the with the WrestleGate lot who were, you know, walking around all weekend wearing basically WrestleGate billboards. Uh, yeah. How the mighty have fallen. I was going to say that's that's amazing considering that we discussed after the amazing main event of night two last year's carrot how we quietly would have been really pumped just to see a bad bones volta match mm. alone to get to the point where like I, I all I heard is how horrible the main event was mm. and the last and, and that I'd missed the worst of the wrestling Deutschland stuff and it's not like the stuff I saw that was particularly great anyway to begin with. Why is he doing this macho man stuff though? Like, like you said, Benno, Jay Lethal did that what ten years ago? Yeah. Uh, uh, I never liked Randy Savage anyway. I think he's the most overrated wrestler of all time. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's another not, story for another time. We've been into this one before. Yeah. But uh, uh, just feels like it's old air, if yeah, anything. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So uh, after that, we uh, we headed out for for night two and. We can't really start anywhere with night two without uh, something that I think might be a point of contention here. I don't know if uh, any of us have changed our minds since the live take, but there were a lot of different opinions going around. The main event of night two being Bobby Guns versus Absolute Andy. Um, I'll give you the floor first, lads. Those entrances, those chants. It was quite a scene, wasn't it? That main event for the uh, WXW title. Yeah, it was. Those entrances were big time. They felt like big time main event entrances um and at this point i'd found a really good spot um i was like up on one of the staircases able able to look down so Mm. um 
I could see Bobby Guns coming across. You could see the big smoke machine and him coming through the crowd and doing mm. the guns, Bobby Guns, which you have to really be there live because obviously it's it's dubbed. But when you're there, it's just incredible. He just looks like a million dollars. Mm. Looks like a main event superstar with that. And then where I was, I could see this kind of um, like forklift there. I was like, <laughs> what the hell's this about? And it started to go up. And I was like, oh, what's happening here? And then all of a sudden this spotlight goes on it and you can see Andy there and Andy's theme music as well, which really suits him. Yes. And he, he really does. He's, I mean, and he's absolute class, you know, mm. pardon the pun, but it was, it those entrances were just next level stuff. There isn't any, anybody really attempted, only really progress have attempted to do anything close to that with sort of Will Ospreay's entrance against Jimmy Havoc. But mm. this is obviously next level stuff. And, and the fact that they've got this quite big room to be able to do it all in mm. with a very high ceiling means that they've, they're using the space well and they're really thinking about the entrances and how it comes across on the VOD. Mm. He's like the... He's the dad of wrestling, absolute and it's just per- like a, fo- a forklift might not work for everyone, but it works perfectly yeah. for him. It was so I was stood right beneath it, and I was just loving it as he came down. It was just a burst into laughter watching him come down. He's just the- what a character. I mean, even at the bowling, I didn't mention when he was on my lane, him and Killer Kelly had matching bowling shirts. He really plays up to this uh, daddy character, and yeah, he was great as as, as the top heel in the company. Um, I've, I've loved absolute Andy. Uh, so yeah, loved all the entrances. Um, the crowd reaction, I suppose, is the other big story. Uh, I don't know, Joe. I don't know if you want to go first, Joe. This was kind of a a remake of uh, what happened uh, when we were at Tag League, myself and JP, uh, with the with basically dueling chance throughout the match. I've heard people really negative on it. I've heard people really positive on it. Uh, where did you land? I'm just kind of ambivalent to it, if I'm honest with you. I expected it. I think they played into it with the package at the beginning talking about the 14-minute chant that he got at Tag League and the match of Ilya for the interim title, and it kind mm. of set up them wanting to get that response again, I thought, mm. and they duly got that response. So, I don't know. I think the promotion wanted it, and they got it, essentially. Um, it's weird because I didn't really think anything of it when it was going on. I thought it was quite a cool atmosphere to be a part of. I was just sort of taking it all in, watching the match. I didn't find the match hard to watch. I thought it was a very easy match to watch, but it flowed quite nicely. I was watching JP on a balcony doing a jig, which <laughs> was making me piss myself while doing the like, guns, body guns. Is that why yeah, you were doing a jig? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was across to you, Benno. Oh. You were doing it at the same time because you were stood next to Andy Ogden, I think, on the other side. And I was like oh, looking right. across to you. The JP jig, yeah, the JP jig, getting jiggy. That was about five, yeah, that was about like sort of five five minutes in. I thought it was quite appropriate, what with you and Andy being like the dads of wrestling and all that, you know, yeah. doing your dad dancing for for Andy, <laughs> for Dad Andy there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. I was quite surprised when after the match, I spoke to you and you weren't into the charting. Mm. When I thought that you really were into the charting because you seemed to be having a great time doing your jig. Right. Uh, um, so there was a few people I spoke to afterwards who hated the charting, and I was really surprised by the negative reaction to it, to be honest, because um, I thought it was kind of to be expected. And I was a bit surprised that people thought that 
it took away from the match. I think it gave the match a unique atmosphere. It's not something maybe I'd want to see in every Bobby Gunn's title defence, but it made it feel like a bigger match along with those entrances, I think, because it gave it a unique and different sort of atmosphere to any other main event you'll find anywhere in wrestling. Okay. Um, I can completely understand that. I think I'm probably, for me, at the time, I was down on it. I've managed to see sort of most of the match again. Um, my feeling was, having been there at Tag League, it felt like a very, it was like a very organic chant. Mm. And it felt like everyone was involved. Now, obviously, it was a smaller crowd. It's It was 1,500 here, which is their, their attendance record. Um, I thought at that point in time, I was like, again, kind of expecting it, was fine with it at the start. And then after a while, it just kind of felt like there was a lot of people, and maybe this is me and I might be reading the room wrong, who just kind of wanted to watch the match and react to the match as it as it was. It was like that bit had been kind of done. And as part of the chant, obviously last time we had two baby faces in there who were loved in terms of Ilya Dragunov and Bobby Guns. So you had the dynamic felt natural. Having Andy in that dynamic doesn't really work. Doesn't really work at all unless it's like sort of one or two isolated people. But mm. it it's not the kind of right reaction for me. And it took me out of the match when I was watching it. And it's been apart from the sort of closing ten minute stretch. I'm trying to think of what broke the chant, but. It, it, I don't know whether or not it's because when Vinny Vortex came down, I think there was, was the expectation. Bad name, that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there were I mean, there were a couple of moments like that, right? I mean, I, I when we spoke about it on the night, I kind of had the the opposite reaction because I kind of, I felt like although it did stop at points, and that that was one, you know, when Andy tried to leave, that seemed to quiet the crowd, and then you know the whole we were all scared of the the Vinny Vortex angle but the chance kind of came back then for when um for when Bobby Guns grabbed an armbar and that was kind of the the story of the match for me i think that what made this one different for me and i enjoyed it at tag league as well but i think here when it mattered during the real neil falls i'm not talking you know a a two count off a off a lariat in the first 5 minutes or a two count off a ddt when the real Neil Falls came, when we got the real dramatic closing moments, I felt like the chance quietened. When Bobby Guns was in trouble, the chance quietened. Like there was an, an F5 near fall, or there was a moment where I think he kicked out of that Dominator move that uh, that Absolute Andy did. And it was like the crowd, you know, I was right in that chanting section, and I would say they were invested in who was going to win or lose because it felt like when they thought he was going to lose it kind of went silent and then when he kicked out especially you know that dominator spot really sticks in my brain it felt like the chance rallied and they got louder and to me i think that's the big difference this time as the last time where it was just did feel like wall-to-wall chanting whereas here i felt okay maybe that was the case for the first 10 minutes and I am sympathetic to the argument, JP, of it being a little bit copycat and a little bit, you know, last time was organic and this was, as Joe said, partly because they've, they've in a lot of ways, built it up in the mm. in the video packages and talked about it so much. You know, it wasn't as organic and I, and I was mixed on it at the start. But for me, when it got to the part, parts of the match, the, the business ends of the match that mattered, I, th- I felt like it worked. And if anything... I thought the wrestlers would have been foolish to try and get them to stop. Like, there were a couple of points where there were 10-count points in the corner, punches in the corner, which almost felt designed to kind of get the crowd away from the chanting. That's the last thing I'd do. If you've got a crowd that's reacting like that, 
I say go with it. For the most part, they did. Um, and for me, yeah, I, I really felt like it. Like it worked and it felt like a real sporting occasion where the crowd was bipartisan and the crowd, at least, you know, the Bobby Gunn side were, were living or dying by the results of the match. I I can see what you're saying. Um, I, I have to say just from where my vantage point was and reading where it was around me, it wasn't, that wasn't where the chanting was particularly going on. Just looking around the sort of section on the other side of the ramp from mm. where you were. Oh, you can take tell them out on, on the VOD. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean those people weren't into it. And it doesn't oh. mean, like, because a lot of the people surrounded the ring away from me were bang into the chanting as well. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't now, know. Now, now, the thing is, is that while I'm saying this isn't for me necessarily, and I, I'm kind of fine with it dependent on the circumstance. I just don't think this was necessarily great for for what I wanted from that match. You want to see a crowd where there's an atmosphere, for one. Mm. So I'd sooner have an, an atmosphere like that than one where it is dead for the main event, obviously. Mm. I think as well, like the level of enthusiasm and investment, and especially at the end when, when Guns won and the, and the pop for that, that was... I mean that's what we were looking for and and that was and that was fantastic. Um I've seen it back on the VODs a couple of interesting notes from what I've seen on that. One is at times they've done some good audio work kind of sweetening it with um by making sure that it's not overbearing in terms of that sound going on throughout it. And the other thing that they've managed to do is that they've put um Alan Coonan does a tremendous job during that main event, sort of explaining the significance of the night two main events as well. So on the VOD, from what I've seen of it so far, it's like a really pleasant watch. And as a match, and this is the thing, the reason why I've, I've kind of been trying to watch through it, was just watching it before we were recording tonight, it felt like it was a good match. And it, they played into that kind of atmosphere more than I think what happened with Ilya and Guns. Where yeah, I think chance. there was... To know it's coming, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. They I, did. They I, did. I don't think I agree with you that the audio has been sweetened on the VOD. It didn't sound like that to me. And if they have, I think that's a dumb thing to do. I wouldn't do that. I mean, if anything, no, I could be... Hear it. It's not getting rid of it. It's just making sure that it's not Why overbearing. That? that seems like a terrible... I, I, I don't hear, think hear the that. commentators. Mm. Hear the commentators. Turn oh, down the crowd on. noise to hear Alan's the commentators. brilliant, mate. I want to. I want to hear Alan and Rico. All, all I can say, well, Rico. Of course, you want to hear bloody Rico. <laughs> all I can say for you is, uh, you were making this match more enjoyable for me and my brother because we could watch you jig. <laughs> yeah. You're a great master of disguise. Because I was amazed when you told when yeah. your opinion on this was not as kind of like again. That was like five minutes in. Oh, mate, you should be a secret agent or something. <laughs> serious. I mean, the acting I... was. David Star level. <laughs> oh, you stalking me throughout the match to check my reactions well, per minute. I could just see you, and it was hilarious. Yes, because they came yeah. down sort of nearer the front bit, and they asked Mate, me to you'll be back. amazed the amount of people I end up watching. I'm like wow. a proper voyeur. You <laughs> really <laughs> are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, like talking about the crowd, but like you said there, JP, the the explosion at the end was there, wasn't it? From winning, yeah. it was like a, and now even the people who were sitting on the hands and weren't into the chatting. Everybody was kind of united in cheering for Bobby. Like a big takeaway I had was kind of like where I was stood 
There were literally people crying in the crowd from the emotion of it. So happy that Bobby Guns kind of won. And my takeaway from the VOD point we were just making was, uh, again, the whole, you know, put, I know why WXW dub, but it was really, it felt like something was lost a little bit by, the, obviously they had to cut the sounds once, mm. you know, once he's won and they're playing his music. And it was just, yeah, there was it was such a loud reaction and people... You know, whether it was right or wrong, they were doing it during the match. The chance erupted again, and it was a great scene. And right where I were, there were cameramen in the crowd, like filming the crowd, doing it and cheering for Bobby. And none of that's kind of reflected in the VOD. It almost cuts away quite quickly. You don't get a lot of, like, you know, the celebratory scene, unfortunately. Um, so that's kind of a, a negative for me from from the, from the VOD point of view. But I suppose it's the... Uh, I don't know. It's the the cost of you know doing things the way WXW do with with using the licensed music. Because and again, maybe it's something that we that is that can be said for for being there live and, and getting the full Daft Punk experience. Well, as much as anything, the dubbing's down to sort of German copyright law mm. and new music usage. Uh, if they're able to afford what New Japan used to use for a while, where they were able to kind of put the the non-copyright music over oh like the... Ishii's banging tunes yeah. out to that he yeah. never actually came out to yeah that, like dance like and John he came Wick out to Rev Pro song. yeah I loved that song that was great I tried to look for that for ages online never found it <laughs> but going back to this one um, point you just made Benno I think they really need to keep that in mind that they're going to have to cut that reaction out and maybe just not play the music at the end of big moments and let the crowd reaction just speak for itself. Mm. Just think, consider it, consider the dubbing. Don't play the music straight away. Let the crowd reaction speak for itself for a while, then play the music as the mm. guy's leaving. Maybe. Mm. Well, you, you remember watching all in and they did that with Cody, didn't they? And they didn't play the music for those few seconds. Oh, so you yeah, could kind yeah. of soak in yeah, the crowd yeah, reaction. Yeah. Right? And it felt like a big title win. This could have benefited from that as well. Absolutely. What did you both make of the Vinny Vortex stuff? He uh, he ran in. It seemed so obvious. He was on the edge of the frame in, in all of the build-up. Uh, they didn't do it. They didn't do the big Attitude Era turn. Do you think it's still coming at some point? There was a point where they butted heads, where Bobby got pushed into him, and I kind of thought, oh, the turn's coming. Here comes the, the brother-on-brother turn. But, you know, maybe you could do it later, uh, or maybe not at all. I don't know. That plus the Tassilo Young stuff was uh, was kind of interesting. He needs to get a new name. Fucking Vortex. <laughs> like, come the fuck on, Vortex. I was talking him the Vortex or something. Get that over. That'll be a change. Right? Um, yeah, it'll, I'm sure it'll come at some point. But WXW are very good at telling stories. So mm. I'm sure they'll do it in a much better way than some hokey Vince Russo style bollocks that we might potentially get in another promotion. Ironically, they're very high on Vince Russo within WXW as well. Oh, yeah. So feature features in the opening promo package. But um, I was glad that I, we'd all predicted it. It's nice when it doesn't happen, but they're also able to tell. They're, they're confident in long-form storytelling and not going for the obvious. Like the people that we all generally predicted at the start didn't get to anywhere near in in, in the tournament itself. You know, we were we were kind of expecting possibly Andy to retain and a, and a big swerve to happen for this, and it and we didn't get that. Mm. And it's one of the great things that I think sometimes as sort of very hardcore fans we don't appreciate when we're surprised when something happens for us, and and, and mm. it's and it's really great when you're genuinely shocked by it or you think the result is in doubt. Those are the kind of moments that that we're really watching for. Um, so yeah, a lot and the Taz stuff 
I mean, he was brilliant at doing it. I thought it was great just putting the hands over his face, ignoring the, oh, the Bobby, the Bobby Gons low blow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After warning Andy at the start. Going back to the chanting, do you think it makes it easier or harder for the wrestlers to work a match with that chanting? So relentlessly like that. I think both. Because I, th- I, so, think, I think both, because I think the whole point of the match is you're trying to get a crowd reaction and you get sure. it. The problem is then you've got to work within that echo and the constraints of that. But, you know, even there was a point, wasn't there, where Bobby Guns was like stomping his feet, Shawn Michaels' sweet chin music style to get the Guns, Bobby Guns chants going again. So I think it's I think, I think it's a difficult task if you're a wrestler. But for me, I feel like it's a gift and it's on a plate. So mm. if, you, if you try and work against it, I don't know. For me, that kind of goes against, you know, what you're trying to achieve out there for wrestling. Um, I don't know what you think, JP. I I mean, just to sort of, I suppose, end the conversation in terms of the chance, they are generally much more positive than negative. Again, you want reaction. That's what the wrestlers are in it to get is a reaction. Most of them would kill for a reaction like this from from the crowd. It's probably just having gone through it the first time Mm. to see it it again. There's a heavy part of that of the first time of being incredulous and then seeing it again. Think of it as, I don't know, watching, I'll use an easy one for this, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2 compared to Guardians of the Galaxy, where the first time around I was really pleasantly surprised by it and thought, oh, wow, I didn't expect this. Didn't expect Big Dave to be as good as he was. And He's, he's always good. He is always good, but we should have known it from that point onwards. It was like, Jesus, he was fantastic. Second time around, I'm thinking, you're still good, Dave. I've generally enjoyed this. You've added in Kurt Russell. I'm a big fan of, but it doesn't feel as organic. Do you think this will be the same with Batista Triple H WrestleMania, at WrestleMania? The oh. second time at WrestleMania. No? No. Because that, that's, what, that's what the world needs that's, is a long that's, Triple that's, H That's the alternative, I'm... isn't it? You could have a crowd drowning out the first 20 minutes of a match, or you could have a tra- crowd sitting on its hands in absolute silence like that what like what they're going to be doing during this triple h epic main event style he's going to be doing with batista uh, yeah when was the last time a triple h wrestlemania match got any sort of proper reaction probably the brian match or i'd say the ronda match. tag the mixed tag but that was Ronda. oh no, yeah. last year that was great it was awesome yeah, yeah singles going, though. singles though i was going mad for that tag last year calling triple h a cunt and all sorts obviously yeah <laughs> 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 But we don't. Oh, we're talking about. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that on this podcast. What of his relations with WXW? <laughs> oh, oh, we're going to get into that on oh, night three. Yeah. Uh, but for night two, uh, any other highlights yes. for you guys? What what stood out? There was a couple of a uh, couple of bangers on this night. Yeah, lucky kid. I loved again. I really, really liked him in Dita. I thought there was a lot of chemistry. Uh, really yeah. liked the finish again. Really surprised at the finish. I love the fact they went with this kind of ring camp killer, lucky kid style. Mm. Um, push over the weekend of him actually using the same uh, sort of pin for like sort of flash pin again on Dita. I thought that was absolutely great. Good storytelling again that's sort of playing off a night one if anything. Um don't know what you guys thought of that one. It was uh, oh, go on, Jim. sorry. Go on. No 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 you first. I've got no thoughts on it. Go on. <laughs> All right. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a much it was a much better Dita Junior match than the the match against Alani. Um, it felt like the crowd were a lot more invested in this. I'd kind of gone in with an anyone but NXT uh, NXT, WWE contracted talent kind of policy for who wins <laughs> it. So it was it was nice. It was just like I don't know, like watching a football tournament and going, <laughs> I don't like them. I want them out. 
So I was I was investing yeah. this. It was at this point I lost my voice. The that WWE guys were like my Man City and Real Madrid when I'm watching yeah. any sort of tournament, and just all like a World Cup when I'm watching. <laughs> Spain and think I don't want to be bored for eight matches during this tournament so can Spain go out soon please so I have to watch <laughs> relentless boring short passes <laughs> it was nice confirmation that they can lose wasn't it that's what I liked about it yeah uh, I think um, another great match was Ilya Pentagon as great mm. opener some oh. really cool stuff in there They're like two real mm. styles clash but they kind oh. of gelled in like a really odd way and two big characters isn't it like two like I I I've seen Pentagon live a million times, and he always comes across as the biggest star in the room. But similar to what we were saying about day one, it it showed again what a big star Ilya was because he was right there with him, you know, in this environment in WXW, and they just felt like two massive. Ca- it was a shootout match. It was just you know lots of big moves and you know a, gr- a great match between the two of them. But it, more than anything, it felt like two stars out there for me. Standout moment of the match for me was Pentagon hitting a backstabber and Ilya doing that like no sell where he stood up from it, but stood up in a way where he, he wasn't directly no selling it, mm. but he was kind of like making a real effort to stand up. And the way he sort of stretched his back and then made that big facial expression as he stood out out of it, I oh, got a great reaction. I'd never seen that before and popped in a big way for it. Um, should, what else of the night? I, oh, what was Phoenix? Walter Phoenix. Walter Phoenix, mm. I think, may, arguably the match of the weekend, I think. Yeah. It's got to be in contention for it. Mm. Oh, it was just like the perfect big man, little man match, wasn't it? I mean, that moment, I didn't even realise at the time, but like Walter was doing the mask ripping, wasn't he, on Phoenix? And there was a point mm. where he had to powerbomb and the mask basically came off. And Phoenix kind of popped up with another mask and I didn't realise what would happen, but speaking to other people who were there live, apparently a fan threw him yeah. a mask, like a fan yeah, had a really- replica. I had a really clear view of it and he sort of covered his face and the fan threw the mask oh. in and he quickly threw the mask on. But Brilliant. I think the whole mask ripping element just added to the match oh, and super. added to Walter's character mm. on that weekend because it just showed what an arsehole Walter was willing mm. to be to get oh, through yeah. this and how much disrespect he was willing to show for each of his mm. opponents as well. Yeah, because we kind of came in the weekend thinking there weren't any big heels and yeah, JP Walter kind of became the big heel of the tournament and this in a lot of ways, solidified it. Absolutely, uh, yeah. It, Phoenix is one of my favourite wrestlers in the world. I love watching Phoenix. And seeing him here, that, there was a point where there was like a um, a powerbomb spot off the top where it looked like... Is Walt- that when his mask flies off? Uh, it, it, yeah. That was great. But the, I remember seeing the photo of that as he was coming down, and it looked like a work of art, to be honest with you. I have to say, you told me afterwards about the mask coming on from a fan, because... That, for me, was like, I was really frustrated when that happened, and I thought, oh, I've had to go and get a replacement one, and it felt like it took me out, but I just couldn't see it from my vantage point, mm. and I was like, yeah, I loved the match, I just, I, I wish that hadn't happened. Then when you told me about the fan stuff, it's like, well, that kind of adds to it. <laughs> it's even better, isn't it? Else, but then he took the better. mask off for the finish as well, which, I don't know if that was planned, but if it wasn't planned, they did that on the fly. That's just such great yeah. ring smarts on both guys' parts, to get Walter's character over again, because mm-hmm. that's the only way he can beat Phoenix, because he's shown his vulnerability in the match, that he he's not going to wrestle him without that mask, so take it the fuck off to get through, and that's twice mm-hmm. Walter kind of cheats really yeah. in two matches to get through, and just the, the heat Walter was getting for this it's, is nuclear. Yeah, it's not even like kind of cheating, it's just playing... It's gamesmanship, if anything else, what he's doing. Like what would be sledging in cricket. 
and he's kind of doing it and getting away. But the kind of nuclear, yeah, like you say, the nuclear heat he gets as a reaction. And to he it. was getting it at the start of the and match he as well. Loves it. Yeah, at the start of the match, playing off night one and the star stuff as well. Mm. Phoenix, very popular on the weekend. It was one of the best heel-face dynamics of the weekend, I think. Mm. And there's no coincidence that the three best matches while we're out over the weekend were with three smaller guys. Because, you know, he's perfect at working with guys who can fly around a bit, guys who are small. There's a couple of brutal spots in here as well. I don't know if you guys remember Phoenix doing a handspring elbow and mm. then Walter coming from behind him with this absolutely brutal lariat as he was about to do the elbow. Mm. That just got me big time. And like the way that Phoenix sold it and bumped for it as well, it made Walter look like the biggest arsehole and the biggest monster. It just absolutely great sequences throughout oh, this yeah. one. There was that um, cutter as well that he did at one point where he kind of like... Do you remember that one where he flew from the outside into the ring? Mm. That was great. It's just so many awesome moments in this really compelling story. It's kind of what you're going to get with two of the best in the world in there, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I love Walter, but for me, I mean, I I almost forget, you know, you mentioned those spots, Joe, that Phoenix is this good. I mean, I know he's this good, but a lot of the time he's in the shadow of a brother. I think Pentagon's got the, I don't know, the charisma, the look. I don't know what it is, but your eye is often drawn to Pentagon, isn't it? Especially when they're, mm. when they're teaming. But in ring, I think I think Phoenix is, is the better of the two. I don't think he, he'd be getting around the world without Pentagon. I think he'd be more like a Ray Horace. He'd be, he maybe wouldn't get as, you know, as many bookings as he does. Um, so, you know, there's something to be said for him being paired up with his brother so much. But matches like this just remind you just how good he is. And yeah, I do think he's, of the two brothers, I think he's actually the better of the two. Oh, absolutely. I think he's more diverse. I love Pentagon as well. I think Pentagon's got the charisma and the character, though, and maybe fits into more of a variety of different situations, like sort of brawls and stuff a little bit better than Phoenix does. But I think Phoenix in the ring is just, like, absolutely stunning. Like, he wows me every time I see him live. Like, is this the best Phoenix match you've ever seen? Because for me, I was trying to think of better singles matches, and... For me, this one tops Phoenix's list of singles matches that I've seen. As a singles match, yeah. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of tags with him in, yeah. But singles, I can't think of any better single that I've seen Phoenix in. No, I think I went up to like 4.75 for this when I was writing it, yeah. (laughs) Like, I I just was completely wowed by it. I mean, even as scary as Phoenix can be, especially when he does the dive to the outside where he just inevitably ends up overshooting. But it is amazing. Yeah, he's, he's and he's, the best. and it is, and, and sorry, just one last thing on on Phoenix for uh, for this point is the fact of him in AEW, the fact that his English is very very good, mm. and he is starting his promos are getting better. So I can see there being a point where he's could become potentially a massive cross, crossover star if promoted properly. He's definitely the best Lucha Ray out there at the moment. And Mysterio's having a good year, and Horace isn't looking too bad either. Yeah. But he's king of the Lucha Rays, isn't he? <laughs> definitely. Uh, any other notes from this night too, then? I mean, there was a, a couple of big moments for the crowd there. Uh, Alexander Wolf came out to face Mario Salani, answering his open challenge. The, the building actually absolutely... Everyone in the building seemed to lose their minds. Mm. 
when the uh, the sanity music hit uh i wasn't really into it uh i'm just not just not really i suppose maybe it's in some ways not my era wxw but in, in a lot of ways I, I just don't care about sanity and i'm not really an alexander wolf guy who apparently is on smackdown not that not that anybody would know uh for me this felt like a big moment for the crowd but but not hugely for me i don't know if either of you have any any other abiding memories of, of that one lovely moment mare match mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was. It got the German crowd were absolutely massively into it, and mm. they loved it. We... I mean, as a match, no, he's probably having to work off that performance center rubbish, really, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> he's been there for a while, is he? Nah, it's that whole style, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the crowd were were more into that than they were the Schadenfreude formation mm. that we also got on this night too. That was a weird one. Straight Do you know what's of, really interesting about the? Sh- the Schadenfreude formation, though, like when Schadenfreude came out on night three, mm. there was one part of the crowd that was into it, and it was the part of the crowd where all the British, British and Irish were, <laughs> and then the rest of the room was just kind of like, yeah, it was like a, a proper away end, yeah. <laughs> like cheering for these guys. It was weird. Yeah. So for anyone who did, who obviously hasn't watched it, hopefully everyone who listened and has, but yeah, Chris Brooks kind of interfered in a, in a tag title match, helping Aussie Open win the WXW tag titles in a match with, with Rise and JFK. Again, forming this group that I think you're supposed to know at a group elsewhere, but it also kind of complicates things doesn't it because it's like well hang on where does everyone else fit i mean the playing into the where does lucky kid fit but there's also you know the matter of you know tim thatcher uh walter uh it's just kind of weird is Lycos gonna come over he's in the video so yeah i mean is the video as well though yeah when he's left has he left already didn't they didn't they do a turn yeah they kicked him out didn't they but he's in the video yeah so maybe they just need to update that thing but yeah a strange one and definitely Definitely not something I saw coming. No, I I think it's it, it necessitated the change in look that uh, for Aussie mm. Open, and I don't think that's any bad thing. Um, it seems to give them more of a, a some sort of a direction within mm. WXW, and that's rather than being the the tag team that come over and does a tour and and has a couple of matches. It looks like they're going to be playing into the storylines with Rise, mm. which I'm fine with. I, love watching Aussie Open I've I've enjoyed to, obviously to a lesser degree what I've seen of even Kiev and Pete Bouncer the the lucky kid dynamic I mean I think you can get some really good six man tags in there as long as it doesn't necessarily take away from from lucky kid being a top liner in WXW that would be my only sort of proviso on it and if it gets a reaction and gets more UK fans involved then it's good from a business perspective for them fair enough uh, any other notes on night three? Uh, anything on the after party, JP? Uh, wasn't as good as normal, I wouldn't say. Uh, the after no. Party. The, 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 the normal after party is when, we, when we're in Turban Haller 2, it's kind of... The setup's a little bit different, isn't it? It's set up as like... You've got the, the party room where people are doing karaoke and then you've got the quiet bit where the... The adults like us can <laughs> can sit and uh, get a bit of quiet and have a nice chat, uh, as well as drink a few beers. I think maybe we're getting a bit old, bit JP, because we didn't we didn't have that bit of this year, did we? It was more of like a a nightclub vibe, which uh, wasn't the best. Yeah, that was it basically. It was like we were in a like well, they're bloody late as well, um, mm. which which I mean it was perfectly fun, 
but you know, I'm I'm forty. I'm an old man. Like this, <laughs> I, I can't I, I can't be dancing around like that. Everything seemed to generally run later this year as well on night mm. two. So like the um, wrestling Deutschland show seemed to finish at a different time. Ambition went longer. The second night seemed to go longer. The party started later as well. And you know, I'm so glad I didn't go to the party. I made the wise decision of going back to the Airbnb. And watching three episodes of Danny Dyer's Football Factories on German <laughs> Netflix. So I think you yeah. win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and also they played Zombie yeah, <laughs> as well. Which is song. The it Irish were loving it, JP. They really were loving it. And I had to say to um uh, it was a uh, Barry Damn. lad uh, about it, uh, just about going seriously. I was in Blackpool and. I think there they thought it was like some sort of Walking Dead reference song rather than looking at the socio-political context of the Troubles. <laughs> um, but they played it here in a nightclub, but they also played a song, and this is a bit of foreshadowing. I, I did say to you, why are they playing a German Ghostbusters theme? I don't understand this. This is a bit mad. And that was obviously something that we missed until we hit sort of night three. Yeah. Um but then before that, because we got back at... What time did we get back at Benno? I don't know. It was like 4 or 5, something like that. It was maybe 5 a.m. Oh, yeah, because you had to wait up to let us in. That was yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I mate. was sort of like drifting in that sleep and then could hear JP go, Austrian Anomaly! Or something <laughs> like at 5 a.m. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. You were impressive, though, JP. You got back at 5 in the morning. Uh, somehow managed to get yourself up and to the press stuff, which was like 10 in the morning on, on Sunday morning. No wonder you were wiped was, out that day. It was 11, but I was there for like half 10. And it Jesus. was, and I've hinted at the weather about how just. Oh, this was the, the day of Storm. Was. was it Storm Eberhard? Is that the name? Because all the yes. trains were off this night. We were getting a little bit worried that we were going to get stranded in Oberhausen. Uh, more on that later. It was bad. It was like. It, it was Turban Haller from the outside can look quite bleak, and it was pissing it down. And it's thought, Jesus Christ, my my head is not the best here. Plenty of coffee before I got in there, and it was for the um, the panels with Volta and um, the two of the owners of of WXW, Felix Schellenberg and, and Tassilo Young, who's also the head referees we've mentioned as well. Um, got to speak to Absolute Andy very quickly, asking about which entrance do I need to go in. And he was, he was all very friendly. Um, <laughs> That's just some takeaway. He reminds me of a Harley race style champion. What did he say? He, he said, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. I thought, well, I'm hardly slagging you off, am I? So, Do you like Harley race? His match is not really. I prefer him when he was Vader's manager. Yeah, yeah he was great yeah. in WCW in the early 90s. He was. was but the way he carries, him, carries himself, not talking necessarily in-ring style, he carries himself in that mould of taking the title very seriously doing anything to keep on to it anyway digress um <laughs> got there for the panels uh, at 11 there were, there were a, f- a fair few people there mm. um Julian, and we got there? um we got to hear some really interesting stuff from volta i mean in summary uh he was more than happy to talk about uh the wwe contract status which has led to him getting a, a reduced schedule um in terms of where he's being able to work the uh, nickname Austrian Anomaly, that's nothing to do with him. That's not his choice. Other people can choose that stuff, he said, but it's not the nickname he's he's given himself. Um, so he's basically saying it's a shit nickname. <laughs> saying it. More or less. Um, he made uh, reference to um, not being offered anything by New Japan, which I thought was interesting, that they'd never been in, in contact with him, which I think 
you know, Jesus Christ, keep your eyes on the prize, you know, Harold. Sort this sort this kind of stuff out. If you're not if you're not interested in Volta in twenty eighteen, what was what was going on at that point in time? Mm. Don't worry about Yoshihashi coming back. Again, I digress. Um so yeah, he said that for him you got the impression he's more of an all Japan fan, that New Japan wouldn't be for him. Ultimately, it seems like he's very settled in terms of his life where he where he is at this moment in time. I don't get he doesn't seem like he wants to move to the UK, obviously, or or the US in particular. Wants to live in Germany. I think he enjoys it, he enjoys his role fundamentally, and coming in as a kind of big name um big figure to bring in for you know dream matches is perhaps a way that he's he's happy with um didn't ask him anything about the length of the contract though that wasn't something that necessarily came up but it was really interesting and he was a lot more forthright than i than i thought hmm. yeah i mean that's yeah. good i mean i i got there just after that when they were giving out the bowling prizes but it did sound like i I was a little bit sad I missed it in the end because it did sound like he was a lot more forthright than I would have expected, mm. especially on the on the WWE stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that kind of made me feel a little bit more at ease, you know, hearing you know your your account of how Walter put it all. But one thing that made me feel not at ease anymore, and for anyone who says that we're co-opted by WXW, this is my big negative of the weekend. Mm. When it came to night three, and it actually came to the show that night, they played the uh, the W. What would you call it? The WWE induction video or the WWE Ugh. propaganda video? That thing was. Oh, <coughs> it was genuinely. I felt disgusted watching it. It was. It was great watching Robbie Brooks. It's like the, I think it's on YouTube and Robbie Brookside's talking about you know his, his time in Germany in the past and talking about the talent that they've got and his German's really good. I was well impressed by that. But mm. then you've got the likes of Cameron uh, Canyon Seaman talking oh, about shit, how oh. Canyon Seaman is that a real name? <laughs> He's got to do the. He got to, he shot to fame, didn't he? When he was on that uh, the NXT documentary a couple of years ago, I actually got I got a picture with him at a takeover. So maybe I am co-opted. Uh, Mate, he came across he's... like a slimy cunt. <laughs> Is he a netball star? But what sport was he? It's something. He's like Patrick that. Bateman. He, all oh. I could see was like <laughs> that that horrible slicked hair that just looks oh. slimy. Yeah. It's like he got some of that Ghostbusters gunge used to be able to get for that big Ghostbusters uh, house. <laughs> Yes. and tip through so he got some of that slip back in his air and done his best Patrick Bateman impression Charlotte in the same way Patrick Bateman is he's never even to do with wrestling was he a wrestling fan no he was from some corporate cunt environment <laughs> and there he is judging these young wrestling talents and making these judgments and stealing our guys away when he's from whatever world he's fucking from of his slick back stupid area he's probably walking down a hall listening to I don't know Whitney Houston or one of the other 80s pop songs that Patrick Bateman likes to listen to while sucking Triple H's cock in the process Fucking joke of a video this was. Oh. Sanitised corporate bollocks with Robbie Brookside doing his best impression of trying to look corporate while also trying to look like he was still into heavy metal at the same time. It was just an absolute joke and it was a low point of a great weekend and the hush that fell over the crowd afterwards was pretty notable, I've got to say. Yeah. Oh, it was dire. It was like polite applause at best. I mean, that... That line from Canyon Seaman, oh, we, we, we want to do company, business with companies who do business the right way. 
it's like no you don't you want to do business with companies that are gonna be willing to do what what you want to do you, you don't do business business with rev pro why don't you uh it's it's just such bullshit and that's not i'm not a rev pro apologist that by any means you know they're not my favorite wrestling promotion right now but just that hypocritical bullshit coming out of that and it just like you say yeah the feeling like the most corporate video it really did put a bit of a downer for me on the i mean i was already you know hung over enough from three nights of it all but <laughs> i struggled to get myself going again for a little bit after that because it was just like and they played rage against the machine right after it as well they played killing in the name of by rage against... <laughs> fuck them, you i won't do what you tell me came on right after self-awareness i think so <laughs> surely oh. i hope so i think there is because this is and i'm going to tie it back into the panel i was quite shocked when i saw that because one of the other things that came from the panel with felix and taz was that there isn't a buyout clause mm. to buy wxw good and that the and that the shareholders are the are the original shareholders they're sort of separate companies it's, it's all very complex i necessarily go into it but they have a relationship with them, which I think is sort of primarily based around the talent that are coming through <clears> the <throat> academy. Mm. That's that seems to be necessarily where it is in terms I mean, of them providing least... a, a a possible stream of of yeah. wrestlers as much anything That's, else. That but video, it, honestly, that video was, was horrible. <laughs> it, it was easy. It, the... I felt like I was watching like a, a contemporary version of Triumph for the Will or something. <laughs> It's like I think there's something to be said for getting out ahead of it, you know. Unlike Progress, who yeah. uh, who kind of alluded to it for a long time, and and you know now that I, you know the forthright about being in being in a relationship with NXT UK, the three owners having jobs with NXT UK, but they weren't for a long time. It was just something we all knew, uh, but wasn't outright said. I appreciate in some ways the WXW getting out there and getting ahead of it, but then again, they are still quite secretive about exactly what it entails um, yeah, there's still I questions they... they can't answer of you JP you know going back to that media yeah. centre there's questions you can't ask and there's questions they can't answer still um, yeah, yeah yeah just it just makes me uneasy the whole thing um, I think that's the pressures WWE puts on you though isn't it look at the whole thing with the talent not being able to say I've signed for WWE until they let them say they signed for mm. WWE and all the rest of it as well mm. there's probably that similar kind of deal here as well I think one of the other things I hated about the video as well was there was some i can't remember the exact line but it was impl- it was from old seaman the dickhead but it was implying ah oh, keep slagging him off i can't enjoy it i think he's on total divas at some point as well yeah, and my girlfriend who loved a bit of total divas absolutely hated him she's completely impartial to wrestling generally and just saw him and was like no at this guy fuck this guy uh knew what he was all about obvious one-dimensional moron um anyway i'll stop there well, but i can it, carry on but it, there was a line where it was like wxw is great but we're better that's mm. that was the implication of yes it. i'm trying to think what the line yeah. was for that. well it's worth bringing up and worth monitoring because wrestlemania weekend's coming up and you know Ilya and walter are going to be over there they're not announced for the wxw shows yet uh, yeah. are they going to be? I mean, I hope so. Uh, that kind of says something to. It's a relationship that WXW are getting something out of right now. Um, but yeah, it, as we know with WWE, these things can be very one-sided. I mean, I hope to be to be if they're obviously you know they've it's it's a it's a good business that they run and they've got things you know running a certain way and. Hopefully they're in a position where it's not going to affect them in the ways that we've talked at length uh, that we think 
the WWE relationship has affected the progress pod product. There's certainly no implication right now that it's affecting you know the in-ring WXW product. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how two-way that relationship is going forward, especially with, like I say, Mania Weekend on the horizon. I I don't know if WWE are capable of a two-way relationship. I don't <laughs> think I think I don't think that's within their mindset at all. It's just a case of you have to acknowledge that what they're going to do is come in and effectively plunder talent really whenever they can and that you're hoping for the best while keeping them somewhat on length it's very difficult they got a lot out of them this weekend with the with alexander wolf and axel ditty jr and volta and Ilya dragunov obviously but mm. at the same time that can turn very sour very quickly because they're a scorpion uh, and you can't really trust them. Do you know what they're like? They're like, you know, when you get those relationships where um bloke really butters up the young lady, is really nice sort of thing, really charming, really charms a person to think of there's someone they're not. Then as you sort of settle in the relationship, they become quite brutal, quite abusive, take what they want out of it, and you realise that you're suddenly in this kind of one-way relationship. Mm. That's what those lot are like. They're just, uh, they're just evil. I can't stand the bastards. Also, this whole, well, this is WXW, but WWE's better. What talent have WWE created from scratch in the in the last little while when WXW have been creating or banging out wrestler after wrestler after wrestler? WWE's record on actually producing wrestlers from scratch the last few years has been absolutely shocking. The last great talent I can think of that they produce from scratch is, is what Charlotte and look at what WXW have done in the meantime ah fuck off (laughs) (laughs) Matty Edwards might agree but he's a you know different story isn't he you know you got someone like a Julian Pace who has come from scratch here undercard guy looking good coming through the ranks you know you got a Vite Muller mm-hmm. who's coming through the ranks as well you got all these promising guys who's the last guy WWE just made from like absolute scratch who's done anything they just, ah they just I just can't stand that company as you can tell this is like a bloody red rag to a ball the way this gets me going <laughs> well one positive I would say is <laughs> go I was kind of worried Brookside as well was he ever that good <laughs> No. Was he better? Him and Frankie Sloan, the two most overrated wrestlers in Brit Re- the In Brit Res Law, they talked up as these legends, especially Robbie Brookside. Daniel Bryan loved him, thought he was fantastic, got him booked for Ring of Honor. He shit the bed when he worked for Ring of Honor. Were they better heels or faces? Allegedly faces. Apparently, actually, I think I've heard good about Brookside doing a heel run. Um, but they did, were... he turn... did he do a face turn at any point? Uh, not that I can remember why. So he was mostly a heel. Brookside? Yeah. Oh, no, he was mostly a face. Oh, okay. Did, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Him and, him and, him and uh, Frankie Sloan were the, were the Liverpool lads, uh, the second incarnation of that group. Again, a lot of it's before our time, isn't it? I mean, it's, it goes to that Randy Orton, you know, speaking of Matty Edwards' conversation we had before, where, you know, a worker's worker isn't necessarily a wrestler that we want to watch in ring, and Robbie mm-hmm. Brookside is someone who's very much a worker's worker, who I, I, the shows that I did see him, I never really wanted to see him. Same goes for Frankie Sloan. Um, but yeah, uh, for me, yeah, he's, he's a legend, but he's a legend to people who, who probably never really watched him work. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen like five Brookside matches and found them incredibly dull. So, yeah, yeah that's it. Not the best look either, but hey, different world. Um, but what I was going to say is one positive. We At least we got night three going in again. Very negative on the WWE stuff. 
almost expecting that uh, that Walter was going over. Um, yeah, it was it was at least good that yeah on night three we got the uh, the happy ending. Oh, completely! It was a ah, night three was great. Night three, yeah. it's going to take a lot to beat this as my show of the year. To be honest with you, um, I was knackered on day two. The lack of sleep really hit me on day two, and I had a great time still. But day three, oh my god, I was this got me. I was so invested in that final. That was the maddest I've gone during a match in a long, long time. I can't even remember the last time I went that mad during a match I was watching live. Do you remember JP? No, I can't. I mean, the prevail the prevailing image when um, when Lucky Kid won was um, me, you, and Andy Ogden jumping up and down, hugging Tim Winnie. My voice has completely gone by that point. Um, and that was the kind of emotion that they're, they're able to get from you. You think of, we spoke earlier on about the, how we felt after the Star Walter match. And you're taken on this journey to this kind of ultra high. I also have to say as well, from a personal perspective, I know it's a bit moot point with the hammering they got from Wales yesterday, but Ireland won in the rugby and Arsenal had beaten Man U 2-0. And I was thinking, lucky kid wins this. this be pretty, or I'd be well happy with this. And he came through. Oh. So I was like, get it. Shame you can do an accumulator on those three things as well. Eh? You'd have been oh, quids in. That would be the JP line. <laughs> that would have been it. I would have had that. My son messaged me about that. And I was like, yeah. And if lucky he could pull us off. And he was like, well, he's lucky kid. <laughs> I'll explain it later. But it, it ties in as well because it was a very sporting atmosphere, wasn't it? It was the lucky kid chants were very football style. I was kind of watching you uh, up there with Andy Ogden, Joe. It felt like Ring of Honor 2006 watching you slap oh. that barricade. Uh, <laughs> Andy Ogden's got a lot to answer for for the atmosphere for that main event because he was, he was working that barricade like a champ getting the crowd going. A crowd that felt a little bit tired until this match and the, the semi-main event match that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, but yeah, it was just... Just an incredible atmosphere, wasn't it? It was just, yeah. again, very partisan, very much on Lucky Kid's side with a, a few stragglers cheering for Walter. But I thought they told an incredible story. I thought there was, I bought all the near fours in it. I watched it again tonight on VOD and, uh, and I bought them all over again. And it was just the perfect story. Uh, we, we got our rice pudding. We got Lucky Kid actually winning. We got a happy ending this time, JP, and we... And we got yeah. to see Walter Tapp again for the second time this weekend, which I thought was a was a really nice story too. Yeah, I think I love the fact that they actually had him tap as well because it played off that night one story. So it felt like there was, you know, a real arc that had gone throughout the weekend where he tapped, but did he tap? And then he eventually tapped. So I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um Talking to the atmosphere as well, like the best atmosphere of the weekend, I thought for this one. Star Walter was great as well, but this was on a whole different level. I think Andy Ogden of uh, Indie Corner fame, Graps and Claps, you should get reading it, and he's done a great podcast on WXW 16 Carolyn with Chris Wilson that I'd recommend. But that man, he should be flown out to every WXW show, (laughs) seriously. He is, I said to him, he is the John Portsmouth Football Club Westwood of wrestling. For anyone who doesn't know that who that is, it's the Pompey fan who has like stupid air wigs, big hats, and a bell in the crowd of Fram Park, getting all the Pompey fans going. He stinks. He absolutely stinks. <laughs> Andy doesn't stink, and Andy's a much better bloke. But he can seriously get people going like that bloke can get them going. He is an absolute godsend to any show mm. he is at in terms of being able to just motivate people mm. and get them actually excited for what they're watching. He got me chanting. 
I never yeah. chanced her. He got me chanting. That's, you know, that's a <laughs> tough job to do. And mm. those Ring of Honor style barricades that we had as well to bang oh. on, that really got things going. Swatted I was loving me that. hands senseless by the end. Oh, my hands were hurt the next day. Yeah. When I was driving my steering wheel, I could feel it. Yeah. <laughs> like leather in the hand. And even Andy said that, and his hands are made of asbestos, oh. basically. But. It was- yeah. Hilarious. Like Andy was a highlight of the whole weekend. Like he, when we were up in the the press pit on the first day, and he was getting his clap going. And uh, who, who was it that turned round the lovers with Bobby Guns? Who was uh, Bobby Guns loving it? Uh, <laughs> he makes a sound that Andy Ogden did. Yeah, I think you know if if people if there I don't know if there are Germans out there, but if there are Germans out there who don't love you know the the Bobby Guns chants and some of the you know the things the Brits get up to at the shows. They had to love this because I do think, yeah, it, 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 the football chanting and the Ogdens and the rest of the Brits and the Irish kind of in that wash pit downstairs really added something to what was a not taking anything away from the, the action in the ring, but it was just a really special atmosphere and just a special 25 minutes of wrestling all in all. Some great Lucky Kid chants as well throughout this. Like, mm. people were determined to keep up the momentum for Lucky Kid. Like, mm. I should be so lucky by Kylie Minogue <laughs> at one point. I should be so lucky, kid. Like, never did I think I'd hear a Pete Waterman produced song sung at a German wrestling show. <laughs> that, that was great. I was loving that. And then, um, what else was there? The one I was gutted I didn't sing was uh, Lucky by Britney Spears. But, you know, there's always time for that one to come out later on as well. But, yeah, <laughs> the atmosphere. Um, I think actually made the match better as well. It lifted the crowd. It made it feel like that big time main event. Um, yeah, it was one of my favourite matches so far this year, I think. And Walter again, just gelling with an underdog guy. Mm. And Lucky Kid playing that role of the underdog. Some of the near falls as well. Some of the ways they played into different finishes over the weekend that we've seen from both before. Mm really got you know made us invest and got us excited and took us on that ride throughout the match as well it was a really well paced well, that second 450 as well really oh, yeah. he couldn't finish him off the first but like i said the whole logic that went through that he realized he had to hit him with multiple finishes it was like mm. it was the boss villain yeah that's what it absolutely. was he was like the perfect boss villain and it's like the best way to book walter and get the most out of him he can <coughs> and they did that definitely i mean I didn't expect him to win. I probably should have, you know, looking at who he beat on the way. He, like, like we said earlier, he ran the gannet of, you know, uh, ring camp guys. Uh, he, lucky kind of for us, as we said earlier, was a big breakout star for last year. Uh, yeah. And it, it did, once they did it, I mean, I would have, I would have been satisfied if, you know, when a couple of those near falls, like you mentioned, that if Lucky had lost in the final, I would have been angry that Walter won. I would have hated that. It would be like, oh, WWE guy playing into that story. But I think from a Lucky Kid point of view, that wouldn't have been a bad story to tell, you know, for him to get that far and not quite make mm. it. Uh, that's what I was thinking, the, you know, going through the match. But once it happens, once he got that big reaction, you know, the Rise guys coming out there, the Schadenfreude guys on the, on the stage, obviously they're going to be doing something uh, with those two factions and, and lucky kid going forward. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 was the right decision. I think I think they got the the react the, a better reaction than they could have could have ever wanted. And yeah, it was it was all down to yeah the the atmosphere in the crowd and again the the stellar work of the of the two men in the ring. Uh, definitely, definitely a, a worthy final to carrot. Was this match of the weekend? 
Mm. It's certainly up there. And I'd also like to say as well, and it ties into with other stuff on that night three, the, the Lucky Kid match he had with Ilya Dragon. Oh, that's up there too. Oh, that, that spot when Lucky Kid went for the handspring and he got hit with the Torpedo Moscow. My yeah. God. Oh, that's spot oh. of the weekend by far. Uh, yep. I don't think I'd have a match. I think the, the Walter match is still the better of the two, but as far as matches for the weekend, but my God, that was awesome as well. And that, I think, Those two matches in the same night, Jesus. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, uh, the only thing negative I would say is that that went on first and Lucky going through kind mm. of tipped the hand, didn't it? Walter and Avalanche were out there after that and there was just yes. nobody. I don't think anybody in the world believed we were getting Lucky Kids and Avalanche in the final. I think you might have believed it a bit more if we switched it round because, you know, you could imagine Ilya going through. I think that made that match even better that, you know, everyone loves Ilya but everyone loves an underdog and loves Lucky and wanted them to win. Um, you would have still got that drama if you switched them round, but I suppose that's a that's a minor complaint. Yeah, I think so. I think with Walter uh, Avalanche as well, there seemed like there were some real chemistry issues. Yeah. And I what think, do you make of Avalanche? What do you think of his weekend and all? I'm JP's probably going to be more positive on him than I am because he's a nicer person than I am. <laughs> um, I don't rate him. I don't really see a lot in him as a singles guy at the moment. I know he's young, um, but when you were, like. Um, what is what's he announced as the um, monster of a man? Yeah. And then over the weekend, Yearn Simmons is in there with him. He's pretty big. Mm. <laughs> and then Walter's in there with him as well. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty big. Irie's about the same size. I'm thinking, nah, you're not much of a monster, really. Um, yeah, I, I don't rate him. I, that doesn't do a lot for me, I'm afraid. I've, I mean, really enjoyed him in in Monster Consulting. I had big expectations for him this weekend. I have to say. I don't. He didn't live up to them for me, and that's. And it, I take no joy in saying that because he was someone I thought actually I could really see the crowd kind of getting behind over the course of the weekend. The Yearn Simmons match didn't help, and neither did it was Irie, wasn't it? That he had in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Those matches, they weren't particularly great. I mean, the the it, I thought the Simmons match was was overly bad, and. The this match here was quite strange. There was a lot of Walter working the arm. It didn't feel like there was any kind of real momentum to it. Again, didn't have to go as long as it did. It could have been a sh- a very short sort of big man sprint with some some big spots in there, and I think that would have gone down an absolute treat. Would have been a nice change of pace, but instead it, it dragged for me. It lacked intensity. Mm, I think it did I, lack didn't, intensity. I didn't think Avalanche really brought any intensity to the table and, as a guy of that size. And as you said earlier on, Benno, the result was never in doubt once Lucky Kid had won. And that, and that and that was a problem. And Walter, I don't think, again, is ever as good against guys who are slightly bigger than he is against those smaller guys. I think uh, the smaller guys are an absolute godsend for Walter. And whenever he's in there with a guy who's sort of of equal size or, uh, you know, around kind of his size, I never find the matches are quite mm. as good. I don't think he clicks with the opponent as much. There's not enough for him to play off, maybe. I think it's that one weak spot with Walter. Mm, definitely. Uh, any other notes on this night three? Then there were a, a couple of other notable results. I thought the, I did think the uh, Tony Storm beating Killer Kelly was a was a surprise. Uh, mm. But then again, looking back at this card and looking back at this weekend, you good guys can't win all the time, can they? Uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe it was a it was a nice way of yeah. They can do that later on, can't they? Um, I don't know what you made of it as a match. I didn't think much of it as a match. It was fine. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. But I really like the presentation of the match, and I really like the fact that the last two years at Carrot, 
they've had a women's title match that has felt really big and really mm. valuable and has mm. been built to really effectively. And you look at somewhere like a progress and you look at how woefully bad that women's division is booked. Has progress ever booked a women's match that felt anywhere close to as big as what this Tony Storm Killer Kelly match felt like? True. The package they used to build the match up was great. Um, it told a story within like what three minutes really mm. well. Got mm. Tony Storm's character across, got Killer Kelly over as an underdog, and I was vying for Killer Kelly after seeing it. I just think they present things with such care and such respect for the for the writing process, but also for the wrestlers involved in it. And just g- g- almost give them like a sort of they, they get to start sort of one notch up and say the women doing progress where they're just booked at a complete disadvantage all the time. And I think and that goes for Rev Pro as well, actually. I think Rev Pro have booked their women's division really badly. And yeah, this was fine as a match, but yeah, fair play to them for actually taking the time out to build up a proper story again. Mm. Yeah, I think that's it. I think. It's it's again. It's something you can come back to. I'm a big fan of Killer Kelly. Uh, again, this wasn't for me a, a best ever showing, but she is somebody who I think there's definitely a, there's definitely lots of potential there. She's got a lot of charisma, uh, and she's been built up in such a a great way by WXW, where she is very much you know Tony Storm's equal at this point. And yeah, I think uh, her moment will come later. But yeah, I, again, I just don't think it was the night for for another baby face win. I think WXW did enough for the fan base on mm-hmm. this weekend. I mean, we got. The big ring camp tag with uh, Ishikawa, Irie, and Sekimoto. Uh, we got the big Vite Muller moment after the match. Uh, that was great. I love that. That was a nice, well-told story, wasn't it? I enjoyed like Thatcher kind of, again, playing into that story of him. He, he, he was willing to, sh- to shake Vite Muller's hand, but then he walked away, you know, kind of showing that that's not, he's not mad that they're adding him to ring camp. He's obviously, he's just mad with ring camp in general. Uh, I thought that was really nice, subtle storytelling, but again, nice uh, nice fan service from WXW. Absolutely. I love the way that uh, they had all five members of, well, five members of Ring Camp at some point in there, mm. with Wolf in there as well. Mm. I love how Dieter and Walter came down together as kind of like the main two guys. The distance Thatcher kept from them was great mm. as well. Thatcher, just as an actor all weekend, I thought was at his best. Um, I think Thatcher's going to be joining Schadenfreude, and we're going to be seeing Thatcher go up against Walter and Veit Muller as part of Schadenfreude, potentially. Um I thought the moment where Walter started putting him in the chokehold as well and then kind of let him go and started laughing going the ring camp shirt, that was awesome. That was a lovely little tease, I thought. Just, again, fun storytelling, fun moment. Mm. Any thoughts, JP? No, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, at this point, I actually stood at right at the back of the room and there, there was a real big reaction to all of this i mean because obviously it had the, the great moments with the kind of um the present of ring camp left there at, uh, at the end which which i think worked really well i'm looking forward to what Vite muller can do mm. um again they used they used axel Ditty jr and alexander wolf really well on the whole were all of the matches they had good no not really although i did enjoy the tag which i'm sure we're going to talk about next if only for the opening but the way that this was, as you both said, the way this this was presented was absolutely spot on. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think it was weird seeing Dieter as well as part of Ring Camp. <laughs> and then he's coming out and doing this stuff with Hot and Spicy. <laughs> yeah. JP got his answer to what, with... what the German Ghostbusters song was. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nordish by nature. Did you have a JP jig? Um, 
I was just sort of more incredible. We had Patrick's next to us. It was like, so what? What is this? And he was just saying like, uh, and I'm sure he was like, it was the whole Nordish bit, which we couldn't quite work out what exactly people were saying. We just thought, go along with it. It's probably some northern, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they're big ham. They're Hamburg's answer to the Beastie Boys, or so says Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'll take their words for it. I haven't listened to the back catalogue on Spotify. Yeah. Get on it. But the entrance to this, and particularly the way I think, the way Dieter was into it. Oh, he was great. And he was just singing along to it. He was absolutely loving it. It was, it was, it was great. This is him and in the back for anyone seen... who doesn't know. Oh, sorry. Yes. And, and seeing the Mac as well, who, um, we didn't obviously don't see it. What is his situation in WXW? Seems strange. He's, he's there. You see him around, but, mm. He's not on a whole. He's not wrestling, and clearly after this match, he's he's not injured. So, mm. yeah. I think it's after all the rise stuff. There isn't really. You got to to do something fresh with him. This was something fresh. This was fan yes. service and worthwhile doing. Um, but yeah, and a busy weekend for for Axel Dieter definitely. Uh, oh, go on. It just felt like Dieter was letting loose, though. It was like he'd been spending too much time seeing Canyon Seaman every day at the Performance Centre, <laughs> thinking, that slimy bastard. And he thought, you know what? I'm back in Germany. I'm back in front of my own fans. I'm going to have a good old time. I've never seen him show that level yeah. of charisma. Like He's got kind of brooding charisma, usually. But, man, was he loving this. It was, uh, it was great seeing him sing along to every word, getting the crowd going as well. It was like a real feel-good moment over the weekend mm. as well. I suppose the only other thing to talk about for for day three is the is the crazy flippy tag that they put on uh, the Schadenfreude trio against uh, the three I don't know the, the Lucha Brothers kind of plus one uh, Ray Horace Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Junior. We were asked when we did the live podcast what we thought the uh, the big flippy match of the weekend was going to be. I thought Ray Horace and Phoenix would be tough to top in any way, but. This was one. I watched it on the floor there live, so I didn't kind of get every every big dive. I kind of missed a couple of spots. I watched it again on the VOD today. As far as big, silly, flippy tag matches, uh, nobody does them quite like WXW on these weekends. No, this was the time to be on the balcony. I saw everything. Yeah. <laughs> I had a crazy <laughs> And oh, it was awesome. I absolutely loved this. It was crazy. It was different to everything else we'd seen this weekend. It was the best of everyone involved as well. It played to everyone's strengths. Uh, yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy fun match. So one of those PWG-style six-mans, if mm. anything. And it was... They felt very Fight Club Pro. <clears throat> Mm. A better, good, good fight. Better version of what you would get in Fight Club Pro, I think. I this, I thought this was a good like four and a half star flippy do match, if anything. Mm. Like it was awesome. That bit on the ramp when Phoenix, Pentagon, and Horus were doing those dives into the ring from the ramp was ah, oh, I was going crazy for that. This was this was top notch, just fun, basically. Just six blokes throwing themselves around for our enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely what it needed to be and yeah i don't think i, went, I think i went four on grapple but it's something that yeah, it's a match that i would recommend people check out just for the spectacle of it um and it was a match that was needed i think you know we've we've left it to last to talk about but i, I wouldn't want to underestimate how important this was to the card it did feel a little bit like the crowd were flagging a bit and i think this yeah plus the you know the demarc and axel dita team got people going again i really got the crowd going and it was perfect as a way to lead into that big main event 
I hope it's not a match that's forgotten about either because it deserves, even though it, you know, it happened a big weekend, it was almost like a filler match. It deserves attention. Mm. For me, it was um, the best comparison but it would be that five star PWG match from a few years ago, the one with like Osprey, Ricochet. Ricochet. Was it Matt Seidel? Yeah, against Adam Cole the and the Bucks. Young Bucks, which yeah. got five stars from Meltzer. And mm. I thought that match was massively overrated. I thought this was way better than that. And it won't get anywhere near the attention it deserves. But mm. man, was this awesome as far as that style of match goes. Absolutely. And the uh, the lads oh, yeah. got to cut the uh, the world's longest promo afterwards as well. That was quite a funny sight. Penta, Phoenix and Ray Horace hogging yeah. the mic for what felt like about 15 minutes. I don't know if uh, from where you were standing, but I certainly noticed it looked like some production people were rushing around kind of thinking, God... We need, we've got a main event to go here, and we're already going quite late. But, hey, when you're Pentagon Junior, you, you can get away with that. Yeah, do you know what? His English is getting better. Good luck to him. So I remember the time you spoke to him at DTTI, mm. and you were about asking what a T-shirt size was, and he just went, yes, to you. <laughs> That's it. And it was like, and I thought, he's come a long way since then. Good lad. <laughs> Good luck to him. Yeah, and yeah, that's pretty much it. If and I three, we kind of after the big main event, we we went to uh, the Alex restaurant. Uh, not as busy as normal, unfortunately. I think the 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 overseas contingent has just gotten too big for one restaurant. Uh, so there were some of us there, some people in in other restaurants along that front on Centro. Uh, maybe next time somebody uh, should ring ahead and uh, and get that sorted. But it's a mammoth job, isn't it? Because there could be twenty people who turn up, there could be sixty people who turn up. Yeah, uh, there's not much you could really do. About Who's that. willing to take responsibility for it? And I wouldn't dare ask the the two Sarahs who oh, work no, their they socks do off getting the bowl in ready. They've got oh, God more. Yeah. And yeah, and Alan Farrell's got a, a way more important things to do. Uh, but it was still fun. We had a nice meal. It was kind of the, the nice goodbye meal. We went home. We watched some Shane McMahon. Oh, Life was good. That was match of the weekend. No <laughs> match came close to Shane Why? and Miz against the Usos. Why is there always a WWE pay-per-view on these big weekends? What is it about this Sunday night where Long all I want to do is go to bed, but instead we end up staying up and watching WWE? <laughs> Long may I continue. Shane <laughs> and the Miz is the match I'm most looking forward to at WrestleMania. The Miz's dad's acting here. Ah, oh, top notch. Shane's punches. Shane's bloody armbar. Oh. The armbar on the outside. Yeah, he did really the triangle. That coast to coast that he cut out from one of the Usa. Oh, was what was it? He I did? know he, he, he did. He, did he get kicked in the knackers, or did he kick the? He kicked one of the Usa. Yeah, he in the cut knackers. him off as they were coming across <laughs> yeah. the ring of that. Ah, oh, spectacular stuff like. Shane is top value. Match of the weekend, five stars. For that he one, he looked very big in this. Shane? Yeah. Well, he's allowed a burger or two, isn't he? He's well, he is at his age. Well, look he at... shouldn't be doing this he's at his age. Come on. He, he's, oh. a, he's a real tough guy, Shane McMahon. You saw that, whatever that lock is he got on Miz. You saw Send Miz's him. dad being in full scare. What's that? Send him to Rising. Let him do <laughs> MMA. In I'm up for that. There you go. Him, not I... me. He's the shooter. I'm hoping maybe at WrestleMania they do Miz and Miz's dad against Vince and Shane. Oh, <laughs> now that you've said that, I'm going to be gutted if that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That was all we. That's all we pretty much got to see of that show, though, wasn't it? Was that? Ah, there was some other crap on there, wasn't there? But we saw the main event. That was the opener. <laughs> that was yeah. 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 <laughs> I was well happy with that. What was better, Joe? Uh, getting back to the Airbnb and watching that, or getting back to the Airbnb the night before and watching highlights of WCW in uh, was it ninety nine or two thousand? Two thousand, yeah. With no context. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. I would highly recommend people check those videos out. What was that, JP? I was like, well, it was fulfilling all of our dreams. It was definitely the year of the guitar shop. 
in, in WCW. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett was loving those uh, kind of gimmick guitars that year, wasn't he? Oh, was, my God. If anyone wants a laugh, watch. Uh, there's a Just go on YouTube and type in WCW Year 2000, and you'll find a compilation of three videos that are just spots from WCW in the Year 2000. No oh. context of any of it. Absolute gold. Hilarious the, stuff. The sheer danger of what <laughs> the wrestlers were doing to each other with absolutely fuck all care for the other person that they're wrestling is breathtaking to behold mm. on that level and jesus we saw a lot of the wall he was in it he Way was in it a lot a lot of mike awesome yeah a lot of mike awesome. a lot of chronic oh god of chronic choke slams all over yeah, the place yeah, good some, goldberg some, spot some young dragons in there as well it's, yeah it's... a lot of young dragons three counts mate stuff. those lads got abused seriously oh my god yeah we treated like backyarders, weren't they? Uh, just yeah, nuts. Just yeah, uh, it's it's well worth watching. You probably could. You've summarised it. There was one <laughs> guitar where where Jeff, who I might add, turned up at Triple A at the weekend. Did he? he? Did what? He's at a triple. <laughs> I saw him. Oh my god! I were there, but he was there. He's a WWE. He was there in his knockoff Bullet Club yeah. T-shirt that says "Slap Nuts" instead. Slap nuts. Oh my god! <laughs> he's, he's there. I've, he's I've just found the video. It's a show image now. It's got nothing to do with sixteen. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Sixteen carat. This is another best of WCW Nitro 2000 podcast. I felt like he was in Germany in spirit last weekend as well. Well, actually, one of the things I think you said, Benno, was you were surprised that Jeff Jarrett hadn't wangled his way into the Bobby Guns Andy match for the title (laughs) on night two somehow. I'd have lost my shit if he came out. There's a WWE connection as well. It could happen. Yeah. Look, they've got Ken Shamrock coming in in June. Is it June? It yeah. is June. They've got Ken Shamrock coming in. Like, get Jeff in there as well. Why not? <laughs> Walk a bit of gold as well on the sly. Uh, if, if anyone wants to watch it, by the way, it's Best of WCW Nitro 2000 by BDWJ1989 on, uh, on on YouTube. You'll have you'll have the best 45 minutes uh, you could possibly have on YouTube. Uh, we certainly did. Uh... The most enjoyable 45 minutes of the weekend. I saw three <laughs> cracking wrestling shows. Sorry, WXW. <laughs> uh, any other uh closer thoughts on the weekend as a whole uh did either of you try the pizza mac that was a a popular uh-huh. item in mcdonald's uh any, any other notes step too far um coffee in germany not great but that's a recurrent theme yeah starbucks seemed to be the kind of i don't like starbucks coffee usually but it was a touch above most of the other yeah. coffee i was drinking all weekend god i sound like a snob again but the beer was incredible love the vice yeah. that i was drinking all weekend and it was a good price and managed to avoid a lot of mcdonald's this year which i'm really happy with i didn't feel you did well fat when i got back this year and one whole day of it I had so many really? curly fries, my God. So many curly fries, so many McRibs. But at least they let you vary it up. Like I say, a lot of people were into the Pizza Mac, which is like a pizza that's a Big Mac. I don't eat cheese, so it wasn't for me. Uh, it's like pizza bread with a Big Mac in the middle. Uh, those Germans are creative. Like, uh, that's fucking we... wrong, isn't it? <laughs> I had a lot of McRibs, though. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't manage to avoid. Only they sell chicken wings at McDonald's as well. That's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, they do but, bloody yeah. everything there. It's a, it's a place of variety, is McDonald's in Germany. Yeah. But I did have some good bockwursts in the venue. Um, I had a couple of currywurst as well, so I got my German food. And I had a bit of a a solo day as well in in Dusseldorf. Uh, the last day you guys were flying home from back from Cologne, so I had a little bit of a wander. I had some some street currywurst, which felt made me feel very German. I did find the the one decent uh, coffee place that we uh, that I saw the entire weekend in uh, in cologne that i recommend so if we do go back joe i'll uh, i'll take you there maybe you'll be more impressed oh, much appreciated my can get my coffee snobbery uh, down to a tea so cheers that's it so uh one other thing then before we go uh you will have heard uh at the top of the show uh a bit of an announcement about the the future of the podcast we are continuing on uh, from our point of view, uh, nothing is changing, but going forward, uh, again, as you will have heard, we're going to be the official podcast of Grapple, uh, which means we're leaving the Indie Corner. Uh, you'll be able to... Spotlight will be continuing, uh, and if anything, it'll be more regular. We're going to be releasing every Monday um, via Grapple. Um, there, We will be essentially doing the same show that we do now where we talk each week about everything we've been watching uh shame show different logo is kind of the way i put it where we'll we'll still be talking brit res but as people have probably heard listening to our shows there's lots more we watch as well so we'll be talking that too but yeah guys you're excited to join grapple oh absolutely uh i think you know first of all thanks to stewart indie corner for the opportunity mm-hmm. but uh gareth's a good mate and been a pleasure to spend time with over the last couple of years getting to know him as well he started up something really good and really interesting really innovative with grapple i think so mm. yeah excited to you know give a different platform a go Absolutely. yeah and, and likewise to sort of um, mimic what you both said I want to say thank you to Stu for having a having a long sort of, you know having us on the uh on the indie corner it's, it's what, two years yeah two, yeah two just over two years, just, yeah two plus years on there so which is a hell of a run Mm. Um, in the old territory days, you'd have been doing well to get a two-year run anywhere, wouldn't you? Um, so, yeah, uh, thanks for that, and thanks for letting us uh, be able to be on there. Absolutely. Uh, you can search for Grapple. It's Grapple with no E uh, on iTunes. If you go to grapple.podbean.com or just follow the Grapple app uh, at grapple app on twitter uh you'll be able to get the the full details of where we're going but yeah the uh the feed is as i speak uh live on itunes so you can resubscribe there uh but we'll be giving plenty of info out about how you can continue to listen to our podcast uh like i say follow grapple app on twitter follow me at benson richard e or follow jp at jp jippy and we'll keep you informed and yeah as you both said thanks to Stu and the in the corner for hosting us for two years and Thanks to everyone for listening to us. We do hope that uh, everybody will follow us over. And yeah, again, from our point of view, it's going to be business carrying on as usual. And if anything, you're going to get a little more of us. Uh, I don't know whether that's a that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, follow us over to Grapple, and yeah, we'll uh, hopefully see you there. I'll be the same. <laughs> I'll be the same. Yeah, that's it for another show. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WXW's 16 Karat Gold 2019. Springboard into a sleeper, into a pin, to a... Oh my god! Oh my god, what an upset! Lucky Gitch is defeated! Have you ever seen...
David Starr this aggressive, this seemingly emotional. Walter popped out to the Chopin. His foot was underneath the rope. Starr is losing control of his emotions right now. There's nowhere to go. The crowd is chatting. David Starr, David Starr. How can you escape from a Just like, like that. two years ago, Rico the R. That's it. No, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. The streak, the streak continues. Walter tapped out, man. Walter tapped out, Rico. If ever there were two absolute wild men made for each other, it is Pentagon Jr. and Ilya Dragunov. Phoenix drilled three quarters of the way across the ring by their ring general. Ron Holm the road through. Lucky roll back two. Go now! Lightning just struck twice! Lightning just struck twice! Axel Wiener Jr. has been defeated by the lucky kid! Axel Wiener Jr. has been defeated just like Timothy Thatcher! We've got ourselves some Schadenfreude here in WXW! 16 Caracol weekend has been injected with a legal dose of sanity! And this has some big fight feel. Roll up, roll up, one, two. Oh my God, she got it! Tony Stomper defending the WXW Women's Champion. A shocker, the reunion of hot and spicy. The modern style of Lucha League. Shadden Freud cut it all off. Long dart from Fletcher. Close your eyes and count the fuck. Praying Mantis Bob. Set up by Brooks, delivered by Chris Brooks as on the open soar and Shannon Freude gets the victory. The cross face is locked. Could this be it? It is! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! The upset kid! Lucky kid in it! Winner of 16 Karat Gold 2019! Oh, Benno, you forgot the JP quotes. Oh, should we do it? Can, or we can do it for another episode if you want, I don't mind. Well, I was going to use them as post-credits anyway. Um, so then, are you in the mood for it? You all right? I don't mind, I don't mind. Do you want me to do them? Yeah, you, well, you've got to do them. I can't, I'm just going to react. To them. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, these are our uh, JP quotes for the trip. Uh, JP, you're a man of uh, many pearls mm. of wisdom as uh, listeners to our 
tag league uh, follow-up podcast uh, will have heard and mm. yeah i do like to, to keep track of some of the the extra special words of wisdom that we get from you have we have we got your permission to uh to include them here in the in the post show again again you know <laughs> there might there might be points where i say you're bleeping over that rather like you did with <laughs> one of the ones in the last one i i listen i listen in fear more than anything else but go ahead imagine if i did this on a daily basis because there's so much content you provide daily but <laughs> this is just one weekend the first one it just turned into an orgy in the smoking area it's very weird i'm assuming that matt riddle jonathan gresham and rico bushido were at that orgy with you it yep. was it was it was absolutely cracking. I I'm not giving any kind of context. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is my favourite one and I think there's some context yeah, well I'll add some context to this one. So our taxi driver Cyril on the uh, night after the bowling. We're the last people <laughs> at the bowling, last men standing with Will Cooling. And uh yeah, Cyril picked us up in the taxi and we were all very drunk having a chat with Cyril. Cyril had no idea what was going on. <laughs> and JP looked over at Cyril at one point and said to him now you're sucking diesel, ain't you, Cyril? <laughs> Which was an interesting comment. JP, he means you're motoring, basically. <laughs> um, you're doing well. You're sucking diesel. You're ploughing on. It's a phrase my dad used to absolutely love. Might just be a Waterford thing. I'd only ever heard JP say it. I was watching Line of Duty recently, and the Irish couple Aiden. Line of Duty, Aiden. Adrian Dunbar said it. And me and my girlfriend started pissing ourselves, but she wasn't aware that I was pissing myself for the same reason. And I informed her about JP's use of it, and she found it even funnier because I think she finds JP quite funny. Mm. Um, all right, Dice Guy Lad, which was said to Dice Guy Second Man. <laughs> The context of that one's perfect because I was just minding my own business, trying to get on with the bowling at the Oberhausen Open, and I just saw JP walk past me. I felt like it was entirely for my benefit. All right, dice guy lad. <laughs> How did he reply there, JP? I'm, I'm sure he heard the word arigato. He looked somewhat shocked, and it's like, it's like give me a little wink. It's all right, lads. You're in safe company here. And I feel like this one is you showing some self-awareness. I'm just going to wink and play Clueless Cockney. That's <laughs> uh, so the first I've heard you refer to yourself as a Cockney. It is. I'm starting to do more. Okay. It breaks the gimmick. Okay. And then this carries on the Cockney theme in a way. A man whose real name you've revealed to us over the weekend as well. <laughs> mate, if we could all be starring in Fake Taxi. Oh, no. Mate, if we could, we'd all be starring in Fake Taxi. I read that one wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> If we well, could, we, we would. would. I've heard you say that a few times. Yeah. If only you could drive, Stan- eh? Well, oh, that's that's the thing that's holding me back. Would you be using my car? I'd be using your car, but I don't need to go as Croydon as much as they need to in that. I'd have to be looking in the wing mirror, just uh, yeah. just watching what's going on in the back, eh? <laughs> Another orgy, maybe. Um, anyway. Um, oh, fuck it out. This I saved the best for last. <laughs> Am I allowed to give context to this We might one? have to censor this one. <laughs> This is uh ah oh, I don't know, I don't know this one's too far. Is this referring to... don't... Is this one too far? I think that one is. No, I think I... that one is too far. I think that one is. Just read it out though. Okay, I'll read it anyway and we could send to this. <laughs> oh, one. yeah. Please don't say this one. It'll work it's All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll 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 leave this one out. This one's this one's too bad. <laughs> this is for the X-rated bin. It is. What yeah. if what yeah. if I bleep out the uh, the X-rated the 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 knowable bits? <sighs> I, I, 
we've we've done him over enough here. Let's compromise <laughs> a little bit. Please on this. Let's one. give him a break. I feel. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, we're gonna hold this one against you, JP. This is this is the we, one we're gonna have in the locker for. Uh... The <laughs> Irish and there's a video knock around with a beep beep somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to. Yeah. If you beep it in that way, I'll do. I it. can ex- I can accept that. You want me to read it? We're not gonna. Don't give the context of of, of who, who it is. <laughs> I was thinking we we done we we taken the piss out of you enough for one episode. Oh, go on, no, no. Don't. Fair enough. If you want me to? <laughs> no, no, don't. I've changed my mind. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. For another time, maybe. For, for another, another time. time. Well, maybe well, for well, next well, year's Rev Joe. There you go. We'll see if it's on. Once we've had a few beers. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Goodbye.